What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing this week? Doing well, man. Can't complain. Solid, solid week. We got a big pitch it match this week between you and Jake Madison later in the show. First time. Oh, yeah, we do. What's up to the YouTube viewers out there? This is Bros Who Binge. This is our movie podcast, movie news and television news. So yeah, glad to be glad to be on the YouTube sphere. But I'm doing well, Shuby man. You know, solid. We got we had a Netflix movie to review this week. We had a Netflix movie to review. We had a new HBO hit on our hands. Yep, yep, yep. Um, there was a lot of other sh- movies and shows that we wanted to watch. I mean, we'll talk about those in later episodes because, as you said, we do have a really exciting pitch and match to bring you. Um, Jake and I had a really great match and I can't wait for you guys to check it out, but I don't want to get too much into that because it's definitely worth hanging on to, to later on to, to watch the whole thing. Real quick. If you're new to the show, because we're on YouTube, pitch it as a game series that, that Adam Schubert and myself created. It's basically a game series where we have two contestants. They get a question in round one, they, they get the question in advance and they have to come on the show and debate, AKA pitch their answers and two judges determine if who had the better answer, who had the better pitch as well as, who debated their argument better round two. It's more about spontaneity where we give you the question on the spot and you have to come up with your answer on the spot and pitch against another person's answer. So it's first one to five and that's our game pitch it. There's sports questions in there. There's TV questions. There's movie questions. It, it ranges the gamut of pop culture. So it's a, it's a fun game show and we're playing for the championship this this match determined who goes to the finals, and then we have two more matches, but they're coming out of the losers bracket, so they have to win twice. But yeah, this is our that's our game pitch. It other than that, took a break from Avatar rewatch this week. If you are here with us for the Avatar rewatch, we will we will finish up book two next. But week. we just along. But episode. we will be talking about Avatar. Yes, we will. So, so don't don't worry about that. Um, but yes, we have been doing our Avatar rewatch, but due to the match and also the the you know. Lovecraft Country that just came out and Project Power, which we'll review at the end. Uh, we uh, we'll get back to that next week. But Legend of Korra now and on Netflix, so a lot of people are discovering that now. So keeping yeah, um, yep. keeping the whole Avatar world going. Yeah, man. So you know, whenever you're ready, Shuby, we can get started because we have the Avatar news right off up front. So all right, yeah, I'm ready. Let's get started. All right, so yeah, the big news of the week pretty much was that the Avatar writers that were helmed to do this project for Netflix, the live-action Avatar, decided to leave due to creative differences, if I'm not... No, that's why. Yeah, right? It was it was three reasons, or at least three rumored reasons. One of the rumored reasons is uh, they wanted... Uh, the creators wanted to go all... Asian, Indian, Middle Eastern cast, right? With some African people and thrown in there. Maybe a couple white people here and there. And But it was going to be less black people than white people. They wanted to stay true to what they created, which, I mean, makes 100% sense. If you look at what this is inspired off of, you should only see Middle Eastern, Indian, and Asian people and a splash of black and white here or there. Netflix, you know, they wanted some some white and black leads. Netflix also didn't want to spend an extra, like, 
50 mil or something. They was already putting a lot of money into it. And those dudes needed more money. But the third reason, which I kind of want to talk about, because I don't care about the casting, even though I said my piece on it, and I don't even care about the money. This is what I find interesting to where if Netflix actually pulls this off, I'll be satisfied. They wanted to go a little edgier, a little darker, throw some sex in there, throw some blood in there, throw some like take Avatar to like raise up everybody's ages to where they can go a little balls to the wall, darker, a little grittier. (laughs) How do you feel about that? Because I don't mind seeing some blood, some burns, some sex in my avatar if they age everybody up. Yeah, I mean, the question there would be Aang because, like, Aang being a kid is kind of the whole point. Um, yeah. I'm, but, I mean, like, if they wanted to, like, you know, make Aang be, like, what, 14? That's what he is, right? No, he's, 15? like, he's, like, 12. 10. Yeah, he's, right. you gotta make, well, I'm saying, I, like, they want to make him, like, 18. I get that, but I'm saying, like, let's say if you made him, like, 14. And you make a Tara 14 and you didn't have the, any of them do any sex stuff, but you made, <laughs> but I'm talking like Zuko make like, you know, college age and like have, have Zuko getting in some, Get some sex stuff. <laughs> Look, man, I'm not upset at bringing Avatar a little darker, but like I get why fans are upset. And because of what Netflix promised us with having these creators back, it, it's not the show that we wanted, but like if they put out something good, I'll be accepting. I feel kind of similar about Avatar the way I feel about Bebop right now. It's like, I'll accept it when I see it, if it's good, but if it's not, I'm a shit on it. And like, I'm more worried about Bebop than Avatar, funny enough, because like Avatar, there's like a set doctrine which you can follow, whereas Bebop is like individual vignette stories. Like Avatar is pretty simple. As long as you you get to the North pole by the end of season one, you have that battle season two, you get to boss, the say at the end of season two, season three, you fight the fire Lord at the end of that. Now what happens in between there and if Netflix screws that up, that's on them. But the template set there, in my opinion, better than with cowboy bebop. Now at the risk of talking about umbrella Academy too much. And that's, a, that's a little tease. Um, what do you, I was just thinking about this when I was watching the show, but what do you think about Ben, the character who played Ben or the actor who played Ben? What if he would have been cast instead of John Cho? Ooh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I'd have been cool with that. Younger guy. My thing is, I just wanted a younger guy. Spikes in his 20s, early 30s at the latest. And it's like, I needed a younger guy. John Cho is like in his 40s, 50s. Like, what are we doing? The Jet's younger than him. That doesn't make sense to me. Jet is supposed to be the old Wiley veteran, not John Cho and Spike. That makes no sense. So it's like, I don't get what they're doing. Like I said, I'm cool with Ben from Umbrella Academy, Henry Golding, Louis Tan. You know where I feel on that. But like, I yeah. thought you were about to say Ben from Umbrella Academy is a... Uh, is like a Zuko or like a a, a soak a soccer or something like that. I can see that too. Cool with that as well. Like, let's get Ryan Porter in the mix. Like, let's get all the the Asian actors and, and put them on this show. I know they would love to. The young yeah. ones, is, especially because they grew up with this. But well, I mean, like you know, I, I get I get what they were trying to go with. You know, doing the all Asian Middle Eastern cast. But I feel I feel like with Hollywood, you know, you got to be able to open it up to, to everyone getting to get a chance to get the job. So, but what I'm curious about is 
would they try and make it like a regional thing where they try and be like, Oh, well the earthbenders have a little bit more um, white people or black people or whatever, or would they just sprinkle them all within the different I feel nations. like they sprinkle them, but like the main, the main people got to be like Asian, Middle Eastern and in like the soccer, Katara, Aang, Toph, like Toph's the only one that can maybe be a white girl. Maybe Toph's the only one. Zuko, May, and, and Azula, like I don't know. But like, you know, yeah. it's what, like it's like you said, it's like best person for the job. So, you know, it's like, it's whatever. I think the thing that got me the most was like the darker tone and the, and the sex vibes. But man, there was a weird trailer released on the internet this past week. And basically it's this Fresh Prince reboot that I don't know what networks it on. It may be like some YouTube series, but it got, but apparently Will Smith's going to be in it. So I don't know where this is going to be at, but apparently they're taking, they're stripping the comedy away and turning this into a drama akin to like an all American or Riverdale. It looks like a CW melodrama and, and me shout out to kind of, yeah. we were talking about this on Twitter. I do not like this idea. This is not going to hit for me because the main reason why Fresh Prince was so good is was Will's comedic timing and the funniness of it. Yes, they had drama moments, but like, bro, if I'm seeing some serious shit where the dude's doing the Carlton and he was doing it in the trailer, like, that's not going to be funny to me. Like, it's like, I don't know. This looks like a failure and a big miss. Sorry, Terry well, I mean, works on this. It was like they watched the Fresh Prince and they were like, you know what would really Let's make take the this soul good? out. <laughs> Yeah, as if we just, like, took out all the lightheartedness and just made it all about, like, <laughs> the drab. Like, if, like I feel like this is going to be on CW. This feels gossip girly. This feels One Tree Hillish, And, like, you know I get addicted to those shows, but it's just like, I don't need that from Fresh Prince. I don't. I don't. Leave the, leave the IP alone. Yeah, I mean, I, this is not the way that I thought that they were going to go about rebooting it. If if this is what they actually are gonna do, I'm really confused about where this whole thing came from. Yeah, I don't know, like the trailer or whatever. But the trailer was out, and they said Will Smith was gonna be on it, but like no network has said anything, no nothing. So we gotta gotta keep it close to the vest right now. If that actually happens, it might just be somebody just trying to do a YouTube series. So who knows? Could but, be. But either way, if that's the YouTube series you're pitching to us, like not a good pitch, my friend. Not a good pitch. Not not my cup of tea. But we got to win next? pitch it. Yeah, no, they would not win pitch it. But what we got next, Shuby? Uh, so James Shamus, the former head of Focus Features and the writer of films like The Ice Storm and Lust Caution, has found his next directing project called College Republicans, a script which topped the the blacklist a decade ago. Makes sense. But, a decade ago. <laughs> Um, but has taken on a new significance thanks to the corruption in the Republican Party that's played out over the past few years. Logan Lerman and Asa Butterfield are set to star. And, you know, interesting enough, Daniel Radcliffe was considered for Logan Lerman's role. Oh, makes sense. Early, yeah, yeah, a decade ago. Um, The film is set in the summer of 1973 as America witnessed the dirtiest election in its history where the chair chairmanship of the national republicans or national college republicans club young carl rove embarks with his not to be trusted campaign manager lee atwater on a backroom vote getting and vote stealing road trip through the south among the future republican titans they form uneasy alliances with 
and portray whenever convenient include Paul Manafort, Roger Stone, and <laughs> Jeff Sessions. I don't watch names. <laughs> um, but when Atwater meets his du- duplicitous match in a perfect uh, young Republican operative, their dreams of victory bring them all too close to humiliating career-ending defeat. So it does really kind of sound interesting. Yeah, I'd watch this. Look, man, like, I don't like it. it just like Black Mas- Judas and the Black Messiah fits this time, this kind of fits this time. This is all like art that is reflective of what's going on in the world. And I'm down, like, I'm down to see a young Carl Rove. If you know who Carl Rove is, if you watch the films, uh, if you watch Family Guy or American Dad, every time they bring up politics and they bring Carl Rove up, they make him dress like a fucking devil. So this shit, like, that's where, how I know of Carl Rove. So he's just like evil incarnate. That's at least that's what Seth McFarlane's take on Carl Rove. So, like, I'm I'm down to learn more shit. If they're about to do some scandalous shit. And, again, Logan Lerman, we were going to get in this list later on, your, your side of the list of just young actors who are going to run Hollywood over the next five to ten years. He could, If this works, he could be on that list. Yeah, so um, Logan Lerman's going to play Rove. I am. Butterfield so. will play At- Atwater. That's how I would want it. So, all right, dope. Gonna have a young sessions, Manafort Stone. I, look, this is gonna be interesting. We'll probably see a couple bushes or maybe a Cheney, something like that. Maybe so, a Reagan. Yeah, that's their era. Well, Reagan would be like he was the 80s. Yeah, he would be climbing up to like three. He'd so. be getting ready to make like he'd be is he still an actor? If he's still an actor, then might maybe not. Maybe not. But like this might be him touching up, brushing in the circles, getting ready for his run. But since they're following young people, I'm assuming we see all the people that are old now as kids. So who knows? But that that sounds interesting. Next up, we got Nina Bra- uh, Nina Dobrev, Jimmy O. Yang, and Charles Melton are set to star in this Netflix rom-com called Love Hard, which Netflix preemptively acquired last August. This uh, The movie is described as when Harry, Hallie Met Sari meets Roxanne. It when follows- Harry Met Sally. Yeah, when ha- when ha- ha- when Harry met Sally, meets Roxanne, and follows an LA girl, unlucky in love, falls for an East Coast guy on a dating app, and decides to surprise him for Christmas, only to discover that she's been catfished. But the object of her affection actually lives in the same town, and the guy who duped her offers to set them up if she pretends to uh, be his own girlfriend for the holidays. I wonder if. Nina Dobrev is going to be catfished by Jimmy O. Yang for Charles Melton. And then does Nina, exactly does Nina Dobrev get with Jimmy O. Yang at the end because she realized he's a good guy. Is this what that's the happen? question? That's probably what's going to happen. So, you if, know, if this wasn't on Netflix, I wouldn't watch it. But since it's going to be on Netflix, I'll probably watch it. Yeah, I was about to say, like, if it's if it's what I just described, I'm not watching it. But, you know, Palm Springs well, shocked me. No, but I'm saying like. If it's not what I'm expecting, it's gonna like if it if it's not good, basically I'm not watching. But Palm Springs shocked me as a great rom com. So maybe uh what's this thing called? Uh Love Heart will shock me, but I doubt it. I, I doubt, doubt it, it majorly. Yeah. But you know, Charles Melton could have been another Spike Spiegel. All right. Well, uh let's talk about the next Netflix film. Netflix has acquired the rights to Femi Feduaga's debut debut novel, The Upper World which has Queen and Slim's Daniel Kaluuya attached to produce and star. The young adult novel is the first in a planned series of novels and it's set to be released um, in ne- next year. Uh, the story follows Esso, who is caught in a deadly feud on the verge of expulsion when he realizes he has an unexpected gift, access to a world where he can see glimpses of the past and the future. A generation away, Raya is walking to football practice in 2035. This would be soccer. 
um, unaware that the mysterious stranger she's about to meet desperately needs her to avert a bullet fired 15 years ago. Mm, interesting. Sounds good. Isn't Daniel Kaluuya too old to be like a, is this a high school student or is it just, it doesn't say? Uh, I don't think it has to, I don't think it necessarily has to be a high school student that okay. he's playing. Okay, I thought I thought it I thought it said that, but if it didn't, cool, cool. But then, it, it's a young adult adult novel, but just because it's a young adult novel doesn't mean that all the characters are young adults. Cool, for sure. Well, then, hey man, Daniel Kaluuya, one of those names again that could be on the list later today, and you know, I'm down to see what he has to do. Netflix, like 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 we're gonna talk about later. Netflix makes serious movies a lot better than their action movies, so maybe if this is a serious one, it'll be good. But if it's like some actiony shit, who knows? We gotta wait and see on that one. All right, well, let's go ahead and start talking about the trailers. So when I was getting ready to watch Lovecraft Country, I watched a bunch of HBO trailers, and one that really caught my eye was this um, Nicole Kidman limited series called The Undoing. Nice. It looked good. Like, you know me, I've been watching a lot of Criminal Minds, Peaky Blinders, I'm big into crime stories, and The Undoing looks like some lady who abused or killed her child or some shit and they're about to put her ass on trial like it looks crazy i know a murder's taking place so i'm hyped that that's right up my alley right in my bag so uh, look shout out to nicole kidman the only thing that would have made that better if it was amy adams other than that you know shout out to the there there yeah i'm i'm kind of interested in this based on uh the trailer um the description says life of a successful therapist in New York begins to unravel on the eve of publishing her first book, which sounds really lame. But mm-hmm. when you watch the trailer, um, it, it seems like some kind of a class story um, about elites um, thinking that they can do no wrong or whatever. Get but over the, the like justice the, system. Yeah. And then like the family that it seems like is involved seems like some kind of like, crazy weird illuminati sort of family that like has like generations of just like being crazy people so like i'm interested I'm yeah no, I'm hype. I'm, like i said I'm, I'm hype it looks right up my alley criminal minds all that type of stuff like a murder is gonna take place and nicole kibben's gonna have to prove her innocence or if she is innocent who knows we're gonna have to we're gonna have to find out that's coming in October, and um, as we'll get to talking about later, HBO is doing some pretty good stuff, so I would trust them. No, look, um, what else we got? Another HBO trailer I saw was the trailer for His Dark Materials Season 2. We were talking about it off-air. Lyndon didn't get a chance to finish the season. I did finish the season. And, you know, it leaves you on sort of a cliffhanger, but you're kind of wondering, like, what the whole direction of the show is going to be. And honestly, when I first watched it, I didn't really like think that it was gonna get picked up. Mm-hmm. So Brought I was like, oh, well, how much, yeah. So how much am I really investing in all this, or whatever? But when I saw the the season two deal, it seems like they're really gonna expand the universe away, you know, uh, much more. It's, it seems like it's gonna be a completely different show than it was the first season, and I kind of like that. Um, that was one thing that I thought Westworld did that was pretty um, pretty good where they, they kind of just completely change the direction of the yeah. whole show. So it's like, you're watching a different show and like, Go that's left. kind of what it's, that's kind of what it seems like they're about to do here with, you know, completely different setting, diving more into um, the overall concept of 
their world. And um, I'm kind of interested in figuring all that out. So I like that. Look, the trailer looked good. It may convince me to finish season one. Uh, it, look, if you're watching season two and you're like, yo, this shit is fire, then season one's going to have to get finished. So I'm going to I'm gonna hold off because his Dark Material season one was a little weird. But like this, you said it with the Switch, it's reminding, it's giving me Westworld vibes, Promise Neverland season two. Like when people see that, if you're an anime fan, it just it's going to switch the show around. So maybe that'll, maybe that'll get me intrigued. But you know what has me intrigued? This Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson movie devil all the time it, again up my alley criminal bag robert pattinson looks like a, a a child molester this other fucking guy in the show looks like a fucking serial killer and tom in 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 uh yeah whenever you get bill snarsgaard and, and bill right. Skarsgård looking like he was a serial killer in the past or he killed bad men and then Oh boy, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, the cop who's too slow. So Tom Holland's going to have to go kill the priest. And all of this shit looks crazy. Just shows Robert Pattinson can act. I'm down for some crime, weird shit. Let's get into it. I love crime stories. This looks good. And like I said, when Netflix makes serious movies, they're usually good movies. It's action movies and and genre movies that they struggle with. Which Which is unbelievable to me. Yeah, when Netflix is trying to put out the quality drama, it, it works out. And I mean, we've seen it even work out on uh, on the award stages. Yep. So, you know, this I think is one of those movies that could be considered in in that and what is a, a weird year um, of movies. Uh, this is one that seems like it's going to be carried by a lot of big acting performances. You know, Tom Holland is a name that would probably we'll t- we'll be talking about a little bit later on when we discuss actors Damn, coming up in Hollywood because not only does he have this film that's a serious drama he has that other film coming up um, with uh, Daisy Ridley Chaos Walking yeah he does so he's going into some bigger roles here trying to get out of his, his Spider-Man deal um so watch out for Tom Holland. This movie could end up being a really big smash. I love Robert Pattinson and his small roles in Netflix dramas, if, if you've seen The King. Yeah, he kills it. He does a good job. So, so what's, what's the final trailer we got on, on board? The final trailer we have is another Netflix, um, this time a series. And it's based off the bbc series called wallander that is about a a swedish detective played by kenneth brana but this one is called young wallander which takes the same character but as as a younger man and still goes through a, a, a crime story of murder it seems um but you know these british european detective shows always kind of have like that Sherlock element to it, you know, the, I thought it looked pretty good. Definitely something that might be worth checking out. Um, Look, I mean, it looks, one weekend it, on Netflix. I like Luth, I like Luther and this yeah. gives me Luther vibes. It gives sure. me that, that type of vibe. So like, I, I, I look, I'm, I'm sold for the young Wallander. Yeah. I think it, um, I think it might be something worth checking out. It doesn't really have any like big names or anything. Um, but it goes over his first case as a recently graduated police officer. So as of right now, I only see it being six episodes. So that's, that's, that's manageable for a weekend binge. Yeah, that's not bad. Okay. So, all right, let's get to, 
So DC released their uh, DC fandom schedule. It's big. We're getting Batman trade. We're getting Batman footage. Let me not say trailer. Like me and she were saying, we're getting Batman footage. We took this bet last week. Turns out we were correct. We're getting a Suicide Squad trailer. We're getting all kind of stuff. So let me pull up the schedule. So, okay. Okay, so it is that. I'm guessing that's West Coast time. So I The footage right. thing is crazy. Yeah, we're getting Batman footage. We're getting Wonder Woman footage, which I think we're going to see Cheetah. We're getting a Flash panel with Andy Muschietti and Ezra Miller. I'm sure they're going to talk about the movie, but we're getting a Suicide Squad trailer. We're going to get a Black Adam announcement of Hawkman, which I'm sure about. And we're going to get a a title-to-be-announced panel, which is going to be them announcing all their new stuff. So at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, uh, thing I don't care about Flash. Flash TV shows going on at the same time. Then we're getting the Batman game at one thirty. At uh two forty five, we're getting the Miller and Muschietti Flash panel. Three o'clock, we're getting the Suicide Squad panel. At four five fifty four, just for the Snyder fans, that's y'all's panel. Six o'clock, we're getting the Black Adam panel. Six forty five, we're getting the to be announced, all the movie announcements panel. 7 o'clock, we're getting Aquaman 2 announcements. Uh, 7.30, we're getting Shazam 2 announcements. 8 o'clock, we're getting uh, Suicide Squad video game announcements and preview. And then 9.30 Eastern Time, the Batman, Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, and some other guests are stopping by with Aisha Taylor. Shit's gonna I like be that's lit. closing it. Yeah, I mean, of course. They gotta go big. But this just shows me how serious Warner Brothers are with this shit. And that just makes me excited. It just shows me they're on the right path. Maybe, finally, they're putting money into it. And I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I saw Daniel Craig's name floating around in some casting what-ifs. He might be reverse Flash, which would be nuts to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm seeing his... I'm, he might be Hawkman. I'm just seeing his name floating the DC-verse. And I would much rather him be reverse Flash than Hawkman. Let me just throw that out there. Also seen, uh, we're, we're probably going to get Green Lan- Lantern casting announcements on 4chan. There was a leak about jo- uh, James Marsden as Hal Jordan. Uh, Joven. Oh, man, I don't want to miss. I don't want to mess up this dude's name. Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can pull it up because I tweeted about this. But Who, what was the other name? That uh, Michael K. It? Williams as Sinestro. From the, oh, you, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you guys may know him from The Wire. He is uh, Omar from The Wire. Let me pull up who John Stewart would be. Uh, Yovan uh, Adepo. Yeah, Yovan Adepo. He was in Watchmen. He was uh, he was Regina King's grandpa, young. Yeah, the young one. Yeah, yeah, the young version of the grandpa. So, look, man, if that's true, then good news for uh, for uh, which I'm gonna call it for the Green Lantern series. Hopefully we get some announcements, but that's the DC fandom schedule and DC fandom is on this upcoming Saturday. So next week, man, that's all that's going to be the major bros who binge stuff. Shoot, I can't wait, brother. We're getting, we're getting Batman footage and it's confirmed. Like I'm hype and a suicide squad trailer. I'm hype. Yeah, Suicide Squad trailer, Batman footage. I mean, we're going to learn a lot more about Flash. You know, it's going to be learn a lot exciting more about weekend. everything. I, is, I, this, the to be announced panel is going to be insane, too. Because, I mean, yeah. what, what do they got to announce? Like, geez. Oh, also, DC Universe is kind of dead. All the DC Universe shows are, well, not kind of dead. It is dead. They're going to uh, HBO Max, but that was expected when DC got, had to get rid of a lot of staff. And sorry to the staff members, they 
had to get rid of. But uh, what else was I going to say besides that? We're getting a Titans panel. I'm sure they're going to do some announcements with that. Um, but, the, but the sad thing is the Titans panel is going on at the same time as Batman. I'm not watching the Titans panel over Batman. So, you know. No. Yeah, and that's Saturday. So we will be hype, ready to go. I'm ecstatic about all of this. I'm, I can't wait for this weekend. Yeah, I think it's a good event that they're going to be putting on. Um, I'm watching. Yeah, I think they're going to get all all eyes on it for sure. Yep, and Um, you know what would make it even better? If they don't put the trailers out on YouTube after. Ooh. (laughs) That's ballsy. (laughs) That would be like, you better watch it. (laughs) Because the movie doesn't come out for a whole year. A year plus. Yeah, Yeah. I I wonder if they're going to do that. Um, it, look, it, just, it wouldn't shock me. That's all I'm saying. Wouldn't shock me. Just telling y'all to be ready because, you know, that could happen. Oh, I have to be ready. I'm scared now. I'm going to have, have to make some arrangements. <laughs> you better. Saturday is going down. <laughs> Don't worry. I got, I'll have us covered because I'm going to be live tweeting the event all day long. Shit's going to be lit. I'm hyped. But that's all we got. Now it's time for the segment new to the YouTube fans. After we do news, we always get into this thing we call Movie on the Rise, where we suggest a new movie or TV show that's coming out this week for you to check out. The thing I'm suggesting, it came out last week, but Seth Rogen's new movie, American Pickle, looks super, super funny. I'm watching that. That's the thing I'm watching this week. I'm super, super hyped. But if you want a TV show on Netflix to watch, I recommend Peaky Blinders. I, I started off early on it, fell off. Back on, P-Blind is fucking amazing, man. I'm Billy fucking Kimba. Like, that's my show. If you like gangsters, Killian Murphy from um, from uh, Batman, Begins. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, all that stuff. Tom Hardy's in there. Uh, great cast. Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. And I'm like, damn, Sam Neill still got it. So, like, great show. So that's what I'm recommending. But the new thing that's out on HBO Max, American Pickle. All right, uh, for me... I don't really know what to what to say for this. You know, we mentioned Ted Lasso last week. Yeah, you can say Ted um, Lasso too. And I, my parents got to watching it, and they said that it was uh, that they've been enjoying it. They put the first three episodes out, so I, you know, I think everyone should go check that out. Um, and we're going to talk about it at some point. And uh, yeah, I mean, so check that out. Check out Lovecraft. Um. NBA playoffs start this week, so you can watch that. Yeah, they do. It's gonna be hard. They start. They start tonight. So, do are we going into pitch it now and then doing the reviews, or doing the reviews and pitch it? Um, I think that uh, everyone should check out this pitch it pitch it match first because right, man, let's get into it. it is uh, it is real hype and best pitch uh, it think, match of all time. Shout out to Jake Madison. Yeah, it, it was definitely one of the Shout great you pitch too, Super Man. You did pitch matches. Y'all both. Yeah, did. I mean, y'all killed it. Yeah, we we have we have a good time. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and just run into the pitch it match. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's pitch it match of Bros Who Ball. Usually, me and Schubert would be announcing these things, but he's a competitor. So joining me announcing this week is our editor, Mr. Ian Hawley. Ian, man, welcome to the pod. For this is like the first time. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I was actually living in New Orleans last year. Uh, like 2018 to 19, I guess the school year, if you want to think about it that way. Uh, but Schubert and I would hang out all the time. Uh, we've known each other since high school. And basically, like, we would do our own little pod sessions before y'all got on and recorded. Like, we would talk about all the topics. So I always knew what was going on, basically. And then once I moved back to Michigan, which is where I'm living now, 
uh, I started listening to the pod and uh, I really enjoy it uh, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on and uh, I'm excited to get started. Yeah, man, we decided to get started. Glad to have you, but that's our guy, Ian. Today's match is between Adam Schubert and other guests, Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Jake, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, you guys. I didn't win last round that I was on here, but I've learned from my mistakes. I've improved. It's going to be a better showing now. <laughs> Let's oh, go. Yeah. Bringing the smoke Talking to Schubert. Stuff. All right, because Jake's the guest, Jake, do you want heads or tails? Tails, please. Oh, it's tails. Do you want to go first or second in round one? I'll go second. Okay, go second. Schubert, you're first. Let me All just right. say the, the rules real quick to round one. In round one, you get a question that we have given to you at be- beforehand. You get a three-minute three minute opening statement, and then me and Ian will ask you some questions about your pitch. You get a one-minute rebuttal, and then you can close for one minute and 30 seconds. And remember, if you don't like the other person's pitch, please let us know and let us know why their pitch is not good because we are more than willing to accept jabs. This is like boxing. I want to see the punching and the defending. So let's get started. Schubert, I'm going to put a minute on the clock. Let me just tell. Hey, give us the, give, yeah, give the, give the people the question, all right? I got you. I got you. Let me give the people the question. <laughs> Um, so Gotham Central will be a show about an organization inside a franchise. Pick an organization from popular franchise, video game, anime, comics, or books that deserve their own spinoff TV show. Also, we need to know who will the lead actor or lead actress be of said series. Extra points if you can give a showrunner, but we also need to know which streaming service or network is on that is mandatory. So give us a spinoff of an organization from one of those genres. Schubert, I'm putting three minutes on the clock. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one, pitch it. All right. So what, what's going to be a little difficult here is that I'm choosing a franchise that's a little bit new. And um, some people may, may argue whether or not it is a franchise, but it does have a big comic base, and that's the Umbrella Academy. Something that is very in right now. Everyone's watching it. Everyone, everyone that's watching on Netflix, at least. And so I wanted to do the organization from the franchise that's called Temps Aternales, a.k.a. The Commission. So meet Tango and Tawny, the Commission's newly minted agents, as they become their newest and most problematic pair. Tango grew up in the Commission after he was scooped up as a toddler from an agent who found him in a cage at the home of a Nazi scientist in South America. And he had gone through time that he had gone through time to kill on what Tango didn't know was a personal vendetta. They gave him the name Tango, and he has no memory of his life except what they have told him. He believes the commission only doctors the timeline for good and would never stray away from the goal of maintaining the proper timeline. Tawny spent her childhood searching for a way into the commission. When she was a little girl, she witnessed a man in in a Paris Ritz Carlton kill a driver that she soon learned to be the driver of her hero, Princess Diana. She goes to the scene of the accident to see the man disappear holding a briefcase. She spends years in the Royal Marines becoming a killing machine in order to get noticed by the handler and to get recruited to join the commission. Her goal is to save face long enough to use her briefcase to do right what she feels are the wrongs that the commission has done throughout time and in in the name of preserving the timeline. But when she is paired with the commissioner's golden boy, Goody Two-Shoes, she must try and get him to understand why her way of thinking, or he might have to become a casualty. 
The pair will spend episodes going on missions in the past and future when Tango will learn that the commission doesn't always kill bad guys, and Tawny learns that fucking with the time always comes back to bite you. Uh, the showrunners will be Steve Blackman and Jeremy Slater, who are the co-creators of the Umbrella Academy series. Uh, Blackman also was a producer for Fargo and Altered Carbon, and also Private Practice, which is a Grey's Anatomy spinoff. Um, the stars, Diego and Tani, will be played by, or, or sorry, Tango and Tani will be played by Diego Tinoco, who was on the Netflix show On My Block. He's a younger Latino actor. And um, Tani will be played by Kaya Soso Delario, who you may know from The British Skins and Maze Runner. And um, it's going to be on Netflix. So, All right, bet, bet, oh, Kate, Wal- Kate Walsh will have a, um, a recurring guest role as the handler. All right, bet, bet. You used almost all your three minutes. All right, Jake, I'm going to put three minutes on the clock for you. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one, pitch it. So we are going to take a franchise that actually recently had a TV show and series for it announced, but they're doing it all wrong. So we're going to fix it for them and maybe we'll make a million dollars in the process of this too. So I'm talking about the Fallout video game franchise here. So you want a specific organization from that and not just a spinoff of that. You could do that easily. We want to go and follow a specific organization. You're going to follow the Brotherhood of Steel around in this sort of thing. So Amazon is doing this, and they're using the showrunners and the creators of Westworld for this, which is entirely the wrong way to go about adapting the Fallout universe. It's going to go too dark, and you don't want to use the famous tagline from the series, war, war never changes, far too seriously. Fallout, at its heart, is a satire, and it should be more of a dark comedy, and you want to go for a tone more like RoboCop, then something like Warhammer 40k are just super dark and super evil and all of that stuff. So it's going to follow the Brotherhood of Steel around because there's a lot of shades of gray with them, but they're also kind of the iconic part of Fallout. They're the only real organization that's been in every game since the first one where your player character is at least interacting with them. When they rebooted the series in Fallout 3 and brought it kind of into a more modern type of gameplay, the original trailer was backing out and seeing a Brotherhood of Steel guy in the iconic power armor. So you hit all of the pieces that you want out of kind of a Fallout series. So the star of this is actually going to be kind of the perfect mix of camp and seriousness that you want in the show because there's so much humor in the Fallout universe. It's going to be Bruce Campbell, and he's going to play the elder of the Brotherhood of Steel and kind of be the main character about their comings and goings in the wasteland and everything with that. The showrunner is actually going to be Paul Sims from What We Do in the Shadows. That is a show that kind of mixes that dark humor in there too, while not taking itself very seriously. But you also like when that kind of group with Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi kind of stretch out their muscles and hit into a different area. Think about how well Thor Ragnarok did when you put a comedic director and people like that in there. And I think they're kind of perfect for this. The right idea is Amazon for this, where you want to stream it because they're building something bigger. Amazon doesn't just care about a show. They care about building a damn universe and something bigger. They just renamed Twitch to Prime Gaming, essentially. And they own Twitch. So you have a lot of tie-ins there to do a lot of really interesting things. And then from there, you can also expand this universe out. And Amazon is a good streaming service, but not one I think of all the time to try and get things from. But if you put a Fallout show on there and launch it like you do The Mandalorian on Disney Plus and do it weekly instead of dumping it all at once... I think that is kind of the way to go about this. So I don't have necessarily the specific plots, but I want to set this in the Fallout universe following the Brotherhood of Steel around 
you know what, frankly, I'm going to trust the people we hire to be in charge of this. So you're welcome, Amazon, for fixing this for you. All right. That's time. <laughs> nice, nice. Ian, man, I'm going to start off with you. Any questions? I just got to say, these were great opening pitches from both gentlemen to start off this, to start off this, uh, this match here. I agree. Um, I unfortunately am at the disadvantage uh, with you, Jake. I've never played any of the Fallout games. Uh, so basically my only question for you is, because uh, you, know, you mentioned the reboot with Fallout. Are you aiming for one of those two... I guess uh, timelines or uh, the times so, that they so were by in. But reboot it was more. They on? just save it for your. Uh, Jake, save it for your one. Save it for the next. For the one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, just gotcha. save it for the. And then, uh, sorry. And then for Adam, um, I am just. I just finished season one of Umbrella Academy last night. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. So I'm interested to see how you would tie in any of the original elements of the show, if at all. Um, would you want to stray away from that and kind of do your own spinoff thing uh, that's just in the universe of the Umbrella Academy? Or would you want to incorporate some of the old elements from this current show uh, to tie it in more? I guess like how how loose or tight would you want it to be with the original storyline? That's my only question for you. That was my question for Schubert. Are we going to have some of like, are we going to see like Reginald because of some of the stuff that we know about the show? Are we going to see some of the the uh, heroes themselves or just like Ian said, or is it just going to be inside the commission, just them doing their thing and we're not going to worry about those people for Jake. I don't really have too many questions, but if I were to have one, I guess it would be like, kind of like what Ian is saying, just, is it, does it fall on the game timeline? Just, just expound a little bit about that. We, I understand you don't have the plot and you're going to trust your creators. Just tell me a little bit about like where it falls exactly through the games. Cause I know who they are and I, and it, cause I've played fallout, but all right, Schubert, you are on the clock for your one-minute rebuttal. You can, uh, one minute and, yeah, yeah, one minute. So you're on the clock. You can begin in three, two, one. All right, so what I would say when it comes to the elements of the original tie-ins, I really wouldn't include anything that has to do with the Umbrella Academy students, you know, characters. I really, really want to be a main superhero element. People that you may see, I did mention that Kate Walsh, the handler, would have a recurring role. Um, you may see uh, her her daughter, who is a spoiler for Ian, um, and uh, and I, I would ex- include the older five um, because he does come in and out of being a part of the commission. And in in my idea for Tango, that is someone that he actually looks up to. So um, that was those would be the tie-ins, um, and but keeping keeping it away from the superhero stuff makes me really want to dive more into like the agent aspect and also the violence and the gore, which I think differentiates it from other time-jumping fixing-timeline time. shows. Time, time. All right, Jake, I'm putting one minute on the clock for you. You can begin your rebuttal in three, two, one. So the reason I picked this and I picked the Brotherhood of Steel is because, again, one of the more iconic parts of the game. So to your question, the second one here, it's not necessarily going to follow the plot of the video games or anything like that. It's It's introducing you to the universe, which is a whole lot larger. And the reason I like this question in general that you guys posed is because when you play a game like that, you're getting one little slice of that universe and you don't really get to see it expand beyond that. 
Brotherhood of Steel is one of the more technologically advanced uh, factions in the game, so it introduces you to a lot of the weird quirks of the world, too. There's not as much of a reboot in it, more they just turn the games to be like a different style of play, necessarily, but you can also draw from the stories of the games to put it in here, or you can canonize those and go off and kind of create your own things. But the Brotherhood of Steel basically encompasses everything you're going to see in the game, so you start the show off with them, focus it around them, and ease the viewer in into a lot of these different aspects that are very weird for a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Time, time. All right. Stop. Thing. All right. Cool. Let me put one minute and 30 seconds on the clock for Schubert for your final pitch. You can begin your final pitch in three, two, and your closing thoughts. One pitch it. Uh, one thing that Jake said that I would like to mention with mine as well is that I really am expanding on a slice of the universe that you really only get a little piece of. You know, granted, in the second season of Umbrella Academy, you get a little bit more, but I, but that gave me more inclination to want to choose this because I'm just fascinated by the idea of um, an authority over the over the timeline. When it comes to Jake's pitch, my big concern is that since Fallout has never been adapted to TV or film before, it is going to be hard for people who aren't fans of the video games have never played or are, are not really just video game people to gain an understanding of what they're getting into. And um, and is, if this is something that is for them um, being being on Netflix for me, I also feel like is an advantage because it's something that more people are, are accustomed to and have. I feel like shows on Netflix kind of gain popularity faster than some of the Amazon shows, whether or not Amazon's quality is better is to be determined on that. But I feel like the popularity on Netflix gives it a better opportunity to get out there to the public and especially people who are already fans of the show. It's just another branch and a piece of that that expands on something that they may have been really interested when watching the original. And that's my time. All right. All right, Jake, I'm putting one minute and 30 for you to give your final pitch, your closing thoughts and everything of of that nature. Anything you want to clear up or just solidify, you can begin your pitch in three, two, one, pitch it. I'm going to pose a couple of questions to you all that you can think about. Is The Walking Dead a popular show? Yes, of course it is. And that was based off a comic that not very many people had read. It was a popular comic, but in the grand scheme of things, in the zeitgeist of culture and entertainment, not the highest up there thing. Fallout 4 sold 13.5 million copies of it. Fallout 3 sold 10 million copies. New Vegas, 7.25 million. I can go on and on and on. Who cares if other people don't know about this? This franchise is so beloved and so popular that if you get a fraction of that, you're doing very, very well with your TV show. And then to wrap up here, um, I have a question. Is the Umbrella Academy considered a franchise? And that's it. That's all I got. That's a, that's a good question. That, <laughs> all right. Well, he ended his time. Man, opening round. Great round. I'm, I'm excited. I Pitch told you guys what I learned from last time here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, he I prepared. I was, I, was in, I was in the gym. I was training. <laughs> that's what's so, getting his jumper right, man. He came out knocking down shots. Ian, uh, since you, like I said, since you were, this is your first time on the show, give your thoughts and uh, just tell me where you're leaning. In all honesty, uh, I liked both of your pitches a lot. Um, Jake, I liked how even for me as someone who hadn't played Fallout, I could understand where you were going with it and I could see um, where the series might go. Uh, Schubert, I also liked your pitch because it was something that's very familiar to me. 
Um, and it's an easy jump because, like you say, the commission is hardly explored, at least at, uh, so far in the first season. Um, but I like uh, kind of the audacity that Jake had in, uh, in terms of, you know, thinking outside the box and trying to, to pick something that's not as, as natural of a leap. And also the numbers at the end uh, really sold me with how many people play Fallout. Uh, I knew it had a big following, just not that big. So like you say, if you get even a tenth of the people who played Fallout 4 to watch the show, you've got a million watchers right there. And that's a, a pretty darn successful show, especially for an Amazon show. So I'm going to put my vote with Jake here on this one. All right. And, I, and look, I, I like I said, opening round was great. And at first I was leaning heavily to Schubert. Heavily, not in, in that. That's not saying Jake had a bad pitch. That just was how I enjoyed Schubert's pitch. But when it got to playing offense, Schubert swung, Schubert swung, but Jake defended and countered. And my thing is, is that counter punch a knockout? Because I love the numbers. And the thing at the end that I pay a lot of attention to is Umbrella Academy a franchise. Man, that is an amazing point because I know Fallout's a franchise. I know that for a fact. That that thing is selling, like Jake gave the numbers, and it, it works really well. There's a lot of people in it. Umbrella Academy, it does have a comic, but is it considered a franchise? Is it something that penetrated the zeitgeist? That I do not believe is the case. I'm going with Jake first round because I think both pitches were close enough, but then when it got down to the jabs, I think Jake's jabs just stung a little harder and stuck more than Schubert's. So Jake's getting round one, but this was an incredible round one to you guys, to both of you gentlemen. Jake, you are in control of the board. Let me tell you how round two works. Round two, you pick a category and a number to get a question. You then get two minutes to pitch your opening pitch and then your one-minute closing thoughts. The categories are choice, sports, film, and television. Jake, uh, give us the number you want in the category. One, or the number one through uh, ten. Let's, let's go with number one in honor of Zion Williamson and, and sports to kind of keep it consistent here since, you know, I'm a, I'm a basketball guy. All right. Well, the number one sports pitch the ultimate game between two historic teams in sports. You can choose your league of choice between the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB. Again, pick pitch the ultimate game between two historic teams from any of these leagues, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL or the MLB. Do you want to go first or second, Jake? I'll go first. You go first. All right. Well, I'm going to put two minutes on the clock for you. You can begin your opening pitch in three, two, one, pitch it. Th this is pretty easy. We're going to go with the NBA, and I didn't have to think very long and hard about this one. When you have an opportunity like this, you put the two goats against each other. You're going to take that Miami Heat team with LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade, and you're going to throw them up against any – you can pick which one you want – I'm probably going to go with the, um, the second three-peat group, the Chicago Bulls, that had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman on it. It's simple. That's what you want to see. If you were to pick two teams, two franchises to go out at it, you're going to put the two best players in the history of the game. At this point, it's Michael Jordan, LeBron. Let's get a final winner on the GOAT discussion. 100%. I like that. Schubert, two minutes on the clock for you. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one, pitch it. 
See, I was hoping that I was going to go first because that was the one that I was leaning heavily towards, but there's a multiple goats in multiple different leagues. So I choose two goats of the NFL, Joe Montana against Tom Brady, Tom Brady and his undefeated Patriots team that lost in the Super Bowl to the New York giants. What up? And um, the Joe Montana, San Francisco 49ers squad with Jerry Rice, you know, two uh, quarterbacks who have multiple Super Bowls are in the conversation of being the best quarterback that's ever lived. And some on some of the better best teams that have ever been assembled in the NFL. Um, I think that, you know, just having that quarterback battle, the head coaching battle, um, Randy Moss against Jerry Rice. There's just a lot of storylines of a lot of greatest of all times that are going to be on the field all matching up against each other. All right. All right. Ian, any questions you have for either of these gentlemen? So with the NFL, um, man, these were both really good pitches. Um, with the NFL, Actually, you know what? No, I don't have any questions. I just want to see what you guys are going to say next. And I don't, I don't want to ask any questions either because the question I would ask would, would go in a favor of one of you and would give one of you an edge for a counterpunch. So I'm just going to see how this plays out and see how you guys do it. Jake, you have one minute on the clock for your final arguments. You can begin in three, two, one. Yeah, look, going first year has an advantage. There's no doubt about that. Um, again, rhetorical questions posed to you all. Is there any chance that Tom Brady intercepts Joe Montana? No, there isn't. But you might see LeBron block Michael Jordan. You might also see Michael Jordan hit a game which right over LeBron. The fact that they play both ways are going to be out there on the court at the same time, I think is the real big advantage here. Also, Schubert, did, did you say you wanted to pick mine? That was what you wanted to do? What, what does that say here? That's your time? All I'm right, done. all that right, all right. Like, I was just, that was me trying to walk off here. <laughs> I got, well, you, you dropped the mic <laughs> on that one. All right, Schubert, your pitch, you can begin your closing arguments in three, two, one, pitch it. Yeah, I did say it mainly because when you think of uh, what you want out of a sports matchup that's an all-time, it is a matchup between two greats, and that's why I chose two other greats in a, in a different sport. Um, my thing when it comes to LeBron versus Jordan is that, and in comparison to mine is mine are two t two guys who are goats in their own right for franchises that really kind of cemented their career with the LeBron Jordan thing. You have Jordan who spent, you know, of course, all those years with the bulls, but everyone will always wonder, well, uh, what if we put, put him against LeBron in it when he was younger? What if we put a LeBron, older LeBron? What if we put him with the Lakers team? What if we put him with the Cavs team? I mean, there's so many questions around which LeBron you're going to get that I'm just not sure that the Miami Heat LeBron is the right iteration or is going to uh, really give you that matchup that's going to be fair because, you know, there might there's some better players time. that played with LeBron at that point. Time, time, time. Ian, Ian, I'll start this one because I think Schubert tried to punch his way out, but it just it just didn't work. And I and and but another thing that that got me was you didn't choose the Patriots team that won the Super Bowl, even though it it is the argument. It wasn't best. the best one. It, it, was, it was the best one, but they they lost. And and in my mind, I'm like, I can't choose a team that lost. Like that's just that's just me. And then Jake, I was waiting for Schubert to hit him with. Well, this is the battle of the he two greatest too. teams. 
why didn't you pick the Warriors? But I understand why mm-hmm. Jake chose what he chose, and it, he argued it well. I think the idea of seeing LeBron guard Michael Jordan won it for me. I'm going with Jake, man. It's just the the pitch of does Ken Tom Brady intercept Joe Montana and the fact that Schubert wanted that team, that did it all for me. Yeah, I'm when you put it like that, Jake, there it really wasn't a fight. Um, you know, Schubert had the advantage of picking a sport where you feel different lineups for offense and defense. If it were me, Schubert, I would have gone, uh, you know, that dynasty Blackhawks team that we saw in the early, you know, 2010s versus a Wayne Gretzky Edmonton team. Or if you stay in the NFL, choose a great defense versus a great offense. Like a well, yeah. like the Bears, like a, like 85, team or a 85 Bears, team. Bears versus the Montana or like the Legion of uh, Boom or one of just one of the great defenses of the NFL versus. But I think because you went mm-hmm. second. I, sh- I should have named some of the Patriots greats that were on that defense too. Because I mean, you know, that's true. That's, that is a, that's yeah. a, that's a great point. And that's very accurate. I think Schubert. I think Schubert, if you had sold it a little bit more, like given me a better idea of who else was on those teams besides, you know, Tom Brady and Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, then Brady maybe it would have been, yeah, it would have been a little bit closer uh, of, a, of a contest. But just because of the nature of the differences of the two sports and uh, the way Jake has been just firing off with the rhetorical questions, I got to go with Jake in this one too. That's a great, yo, anybody watching this playing? That's a great strategy, man. That's like, (laughs) Jake is like one of these inventors of like, this might be like Skyhook. We got to wait and see. We got to wait and see. Bring it to the game. (laughs) Ending it with rhetorical questions. It's going to be forever known as the Madison. I want you guys to think here a little bit. (laughs) It's going to be remembered as the Madison. Yeah, Ian, man, next year, brother. We're going to see what you have for, for the next season. But we're in this season. Jake, you're in control of the board. Again, your categories are choice sports, film, and TV, and then give me a number one through 10. Give me number eight and let's take film. Number eight and take film. Also, Schubert, this is game point for Jake because it is the best of five. You must get this question to advance. So you chose film. Let me count it down. Start on the top. One, two, eight. All right, all right, all right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Pitch a movie that should have been a TV series. Pitch a movie that should have been a TV series. Jake, do you want to go first or second? Wait, like take a movie that should have been a TV series instead of a movie? Yes. Yeah, take a movie that should have been a TV series, in your opinion, and turn it into a series instead of being a movie. Gotcha. Uh, I'll go second on this one. All right, Schubert, I'm putting two minutes on the clock for you. Be on your feet. Think fast. This is championship stuff right here, Schubert. You got to pull this one out or you're through. Three. Two, one, pitch it. I think when it comes to this, it's just pretty obvious when it comes to the people who are talking in the movie space that the Lord of the Rings movies should have been TV shows. You have book lore that is very extensive and long, and they cut corners in some of those movies, and it would have been better served to be episodic. Um, We've also seen that people are into that sort of thing. With, with The Witcher, Game of Thrones, you know, people like the medieval style TV series. And I really think that, um, a, you know, a name like Lord of the Rings, as we are going to see with the Amazon prequel series coming up, that people are really interested in, in getting that adapted and something that they can really expound upon and take the time with. Um, and so, you know, and those movies were critically acclaimed Oscar winner 
one Oscar winner, two, what, both of the other ones were Oscar nominated. They're stories that are very filled with lore that people want to know and that, you know, are going to be, give, be given and treated the right way. So I would say that the Lord of the Rings would be the movie that needs to be a TV series. All right, Jake, I'm putting two minutes on the clock for you. You can begin your opening pitch in three, two, one, pitch it. So he went with fantasy. I'll go with sci-fi here. I'm actually going to take the most recent Blade Runner movie, Blade Runner 2049. No one talks about this. It was fine, but it didn't really hold up in comparison to the original one. And this is a series that's just ripe for exploring more in depth in a TV show that's more episodic, that lets you get into the kind of nitty gritty of the world and the universe that's in there. And I think what's great about this too, is it is in the same universe as the alien universe too. So you have able, you're able to kind of get a lot of different genres out of this. You're not just stuck in high fantasy. You've got some dystopian fiction in there. There's a lot of ways to kind of explore that world even more and ones that would kind of surprise you. Again, there's horror elements too with this. With Lord of the Rings, while it's got a lot of deep lore, people also know that. There's not necessarily a ton of room to kind of go in new and interesting directions with it. It's great to rehash that and it's great for the fans to see that on TV. You want to kind of do something a little bit more than that, I think. And that's why I think kind of the Blade Runner universe where you can really kind of get into the corporate battles and all of that kind of cyberpunk stuff with it. I think you could take that in so many different directions. And the movie was just kind of forgettable. Turn it into a prestige series wherever you want it. And people are going to tune into that because we've seen that that genre can be pretty popular. All right, Tom. Ian, any questions that you have for either gentleman? Yes. Uh, and it's the same question for both of you. Uh, I liked both of your pitches so far. Uh, I just want to know more. So give me a more concrete idea. I mean, obviously you don't have to go director, actor, all that kind of stuff unless you want to, but just give me a better idea of what the show is going to look like. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And, and, and that's not, and like you said, that's not director, actor. Just give us a baseline of what you think the show focuses on because both of your series is, can, you can go at it so many different ways in each of yours, Lord of the Rings, as well as Blade Runner. So just give us like a little bit of what Ian was saying, just a little concrete uh, baseline format. All right, Trubert, you got one minute on the clock. You can begin your final pitch in three, two, one. Uh, I think Jake said it best himself. Blade Runner 2049 was forgettable to a lot of people. And I think that, you know, the Blade Runner saga in general is a forgotten franchise for most people and may not be something that, they they really care to revisit. Um, the the pitch was to re to make a movie into a TV show. So if there was nobody who had seen the Lord of the Rings movies before, coming into and doing it as a TV show would be the best way to do it. It would it would have to be similar to the to the vein of Game of Thrones. But I think what benefits Lord of the Rings is that they have so many characters that they can build off of that they'll be able to tell a lot of different stories within a season and not, not cater so much to um, just, you know, the central Ryan Gosling-esque character that was in Blade Runner 2049. So I think there's just so many different pockets time. of the lore. Time, 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 time. All right, one minute on the clock for you, Jake. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one, pitch it. 
Give me something that's nitty gritty down in the streets. And that's what I envision this being. You're in like a New York City that's falling apart in the kind of nearish future with a lot of neon lights flying around, flying cars. You want to know what's going on. Crime's high. So this is basically more or less kind of being be like almost like a high show, kind of like a true crime ish kind of show about people solving these futuristic crimes. Well, you've got big corporations doing like shadow wars with each other and stuff in the background. I think that's what we're kind of looking for in this sort of thing. The Lord of the Rings were good movies. They should have stayed movies. That's why they did so well. That's why they won these Oscars. If we're talking about something that should have been turned into a TV show, let's do something that didn't do too well, right? That's kind of the whole point of this sort of thing, stretching it out, being able to explore all of those like almost at times retro future concepts, which is what science fiction does so well to really get into thought-provoking questions and exploring different themes. I think that's what you kind of want. Um, and time. You, see, you know, look at the game Cyberpunk. That's time, time, time. All right, Ian, where are you leaning for this one? Because this one's tough, man. This one is tough. It's like Schubert had, Schubert chose Holy, or like Holy Food Tyson. He chose the heavyweight that's like, you know, it, it's one that people love, but I think what Jake pitched out is a damn good pitch. And I think he countered well. This one's tough for me. I just want to say both of you guys so far have been absolutely killing it. Uh, I would not have been able to think on my feet this well. So props to you guys. Um, but I would say, you know, Schubert picked an entire series as his pitch, whereas Jake picked just one movie in the series to be a TV show. So I would have to lean towards Schubert just because I think the execution would be a lot easier. And like he said, you have a lot more room to explore with the plot lines that you want to introduce. You have a lot more room to introduce new plot lines and tie them into the original story. If you do three movies that are two and a half hours each and you turn that into a series. Um, and I think, uh, just, you know, the idea that Lord of the Rings was really one of the first of its kind in the genre. If you come at that, you know, in the early 2000s with the TV series instead, I think it blows it to even higher proportions of how successful the series can be. Uh, so for those reasons, I'm going with Schubert in this one. All right. All right. I'm not going to see the question was a movie and I and I get. I get why Jake said that. I, I'm leaning Jake's way, man. We're probably going to have to bring the third judge in on this one just for the fact that he sold me on the fact that it's a crime series. We're seeing these different corporations have shadow wars. We're seeing these different corporations do this shady stuff. If you know about Blade Runner and the AI technology and just how there's these replicants and everything battling these wars on different planets and how they're tied into all these corporations, there's so much to expound on, especially with the fact of how 2049 wasn't that great of a movie. I liked it a lot, but there was so much room to grow and I think it serves very well on a streaming service. So I'm going with Jake. Let me bring in the third, uh, the third judge. I'm going to go talk to him real quick. He's right here. Schubert, uh, vamp while I, while I go talk to him. Just talk, talk some shit and save time. I'll be right back. Yeah. So you know, can, uh, I, can I jump in for a second on this? Sure. There's a correct answer we both missed. What? So we're fighting a second place thing. You guys are comic guys, right? I'm yeah, yeah. certain of this. The correct answer is taking Zack Snyder's Watchmen and turning it into like a 12 episode show. Like 100%, like that's the answer. And if either yeah. of us had said that, that would have won and this would be like, that's the correct answer, right? Am I yeah. wrong in taking tell, that? Tell like, Linda, tell Linda that right now. I don't Linda. know if this gets me extra credit, probably doesn't, but we're, both <laughs> of our answers are incorrect. 
Both of oh. our answers are incorrect here, and we missed the obvious one, which is turning Zack Snyder's Watchmen into a TV series. That's 12 episodes. <laughs> True. That would have that worked so much better. Which oh, is just, I, I, I thought of it after the fact. We were both wrong. <laughs> Bro, I, that, oh my gosh, that happened to Luis really bad last episode he was telling us about. But, all right, the third judge was like, he liked Jake's pitch, but like he he knew Schubert's one was the one that he personally could see turned into a series work well. He liked the idea of it's taking game game of the idea of having a Game of Thrones series, but thus making it better. He also liked the idea that the fact that Amazon has a prequel, so it shows that there's room to expound on the story. He's going with Schubert, but he thought it was super super close and biting nails on that one. So Schubert wins the round. It's still Jake's game point, but control of the board goes over to Schubert. Schubert, you can pick your category between choice, sports, film, and TV, and give me a number. Um, let's do TV two. TV two. All right. Cool. Let's go. One. All right. All right. This one's simple enough for each of you. Pitch a TV show that is based on a comic or manga that is not a DC or Marvel property. Pitch a comic or manga that is not a DC or Marvel property. And you know what? This question could be a trick question. Someone like myself would abuse it with the fact that Vertigo is technically a DC line. I will accept Vertigo comics. I'm going to make that that exception because Vertigo is an offshoot. As long as if you do use a Vertigo comic, do not use Batman, Superman, or any of the major DC heroes. I'll accept Vertigo if it's not those people. Anyone, anyone else, I'm cool with. So pitch a TV show that's based on a comic or manga that is not a DC or Marvel property, but Vertigo is accepted as long as it's not a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, or any of the Justice League story. So, all right, Schubert, do you want to go first or second? Second. Second. All right. Jake, you're on the clock. You have two minutes to begin your pitch. You can begin in three, two, one, pitch it. There's a lot of ways you can go with this. Um, and I, I, I have one in mind that I really like, and it's from Image. So it's going to be Invincible, which is created by Robert Kirkman, who created The Walking Dead. This was actually the one that they launched there first. This is one of the launch titles on Image Comics when all of the guys split off from Marvel in DC. It's young. It's fun. It's kind of a fun superhero thing. They're all kind of rip-offs of other famous characters, but it's just got a likable cast of dudes and women. It's a really colorful. There's a lot of humor in this, too. So this TV show is going to appeal to people young and old as well. It's also been going on for an insane amount of years for a comic series, so you have a ton of stuff to mine. They're all just quirky characters that are always fun to kind of put in those things. Think any of the popular you know, DC or Marvel shows right now. You need some quirky people, some serious people, throw them all together to stop a big threat. That's what Invincible does. It's this kid kind of having his coming-of-age story in all of that. They're also turning it into an animated show right now, too, with some amazing voice actors and actresses on this. So you know there's a lot of buy-in from people in making this happen. So let's do live action because that's what everyone actually wants. All right, time. All right, Schubert, putting two minutes on the clock for you. Three, two, one, pitch it. For the sake of getting tagged uh, uh, with repeating, but I, I, there's a, a new Umbrella Academy comic that I think should be adapted into a TV series, and it also goes into how it should be, how it is considered a franchise. Um, but this uh, this spinoff comic is about a young eighteen year old Klaus 
um, aka Seance, who gets himself kicked out of the Umbrella Academy and his allowances continued. Um, it takes him and his ghoulish talents to Hollywood and he where he ends up stealing a, a vampire's magical, you know, stash of drugs. And um, he ends up having to fight this fight off this vampire also, you know, going through um, a Hollywood where his eccentric personality seems to fit in and and really kind of take him on a ride. So that's uh, that's what I have. All right. All right. Ian, any questions for either gentleman? Yes. Uh, so, Jake, once again, unfortunately, I've not read this comic book. So I would like you to sell me uh, like why why should I be interested in this? Uh, you know, compared to all of the other more popular comic book series that I might have the chance to read first, what would draw me to this? And then for Adam, um, you know, with another uh, Umbrella Academy story, um, I, I I guess my questions would kind of be the same. You know, why? Well, again, why do I care? You know, same thing with Jake. Like, that, that's uh, my major ca- watch this. That's my major you know, question for Schubert is like, why do I care about a Klaus story? Like, sell me. Yeah, on. is it is it just like a you know a five mini series, five episode mini series? Are we going for multiple seasons? Like, what's this, what's the deal yeah, with this? Yeah, sell, sell me on that. And for Jake, my question for you is, I know you said all ages, but Invincible, and I know they're making it to an animated series, but. Kirkman has said that he's keeping damn near everything about it. So how do you handle the gore in your live action series? Cause it starts off super clean, but then as he, as things go on, it, it, it gets, it turns into the boys real fast. So, so explain to me like the, the type of, uh, the type of tone you're going with for that. So, all right, Jake, you got one minute on the clock. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one pitch it. Yeah, I mean, you can still keep it all ages and have violence happen. That happens all the time. Yes, Invincible, the character, Mark Grayson gets a hole punched in his stomach at one point, like through it. Camera angles, man. You don't have to show all of that. You can still show that and build the stakes with it all. I think what you like about this is Mark Grayson, Invincible himself, is kind of a coming-of-age story where, yes, you have big super heroics and flying and saving people and going to different planets, but you also have a lot of just kind of like that relationship stuff that you want in there. You see characters grow throughout all of this. His arc over the whole series is fantastic, going from one relationship with like another super heroine to another one and kind of getting all of that. So this casts a pretty wide net for people to really tune in. There's also some of like the funniest names of some of the heroes. You have Rex Splode, who's a character. There's Duplicate. She's on one of these teams, too. I'm blanking on the dude who rides the space motorcycle but has hands for feet. So you just kind of get that weirdness stuff in there that's like a lot of fun. And that keeps it kind of light. Time, time, time. All right, Schubert, one minute on the clock for you. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one, pitch it. Um, my knocks would be kind of like what Lyndon said. It does sim- sound similar to the boys, but I do see its its differences. Um, and uh, I guess it seems a little bit far fetched for people to to get into. Where I'm again basing off a property that's known. Um, I would I would say that if you polled a majority of people who watched the first two seasons of Umbrella Academy, they would tell you that their favorite character is Klaus exploring a, a younger Klaus and what would really probably be a big ask for an actor to do some, some serious drama and, you know, his drug-induced 
um, moments talking to, with dead people. Think about him going through old Hollywood and talking to past dead Hollywood actors and actresses. Um, it would be a mini series. It's a mini series, a comic, like it's a comic with a limited run. So th- there would uh, there would be an ending, and uh, it probably would be like a twelve episode time, deal. Time, time, um, time, 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 time. Ian, how are you feeling with this round? I would say just objectively. And this this just goes to show how good these guys have been playing this game. I'd say objectively, this is their worst round. Yes, uh, if only because hard one. Schubert repeated something from earlier. Yeah, and, he went back uh, to the Jake, well. Like I don't know why he went back to the well with because that. Because I don't know. Because I've I've never heard of invincible. Like I don't li- well, you know read off comics. You could have chose a manga, so. bro. You could chose <laughs> you could chose so many things. I only know like four animes. <laughs> He went went back to the well. There's a there's a comic that I I say on our show all the time. Just shows how much you don't listen to me with with a hundred bullets. Like like there's so many ways you could have went, but you went back to that damn Umbrella Academy well. Mm -hmm. So I I, even I even I would have gone with like My Hero Academia or something. But he, but he sold it to his judge. I give him credit for this. He knows no, yeah, that's where I was going to say. And he knows how much I love Klaus. I would, I would love that. Well, and he knows because I just admitted it. I've just been watching the series like the past few days, so he knows it's fresh in my mind. So props to you. That's smart. Um, but I, this one's tough because, like we say, Schubert went back to the well, so that kind of takes away, you know, that's the a knock. I got a knock for me. Yeah, that's I got a definitely knock. a knock. But with Jake, the comic was just something I had never heard of before, and I didn't really get enough of like a sense of what the show is about. Like, you know, there's a coming of age story, there's multiple relationships that he goes through, but that just seems like every you know long series to me in general. Um, I guess if I had to pick one way or the other, I would say I would say Schubert because he stuck. The last thing he said was it's going to be a 12-episode series, and that sold it to me because it's not going to be too long to the point where it gets boring and we're just hearing about random you know, things that happened to Klaus during this side story. But it's also not going to be too short to where we don't get enough of the side story to have it make sense. Um, so I, I guess that's where I'll go with that one. But... It, it it was a slim margin of victory on that one, Schubert. I got to say, if we come to a next round, you got to step it up. It, look, man, and, and I'm not going to knock Jake on the comment because he, funny enough, Ian, he said what it is. With, like, he's, that's exactly what Invincible is unless you know the twist. And I don't, and I'm not going to fault him for not saying the twist of what it is because that's something that's amazing. And like, mm-hmm. I, I want people to ch- check it out. But the twist is what sells it for me. But because... It, Fuck, man. Oh, gosh. Because, like, <laughs> you don't I know what in- the show. On yeah, the I don't. Hand, I but- don't. And I know what Invincible is. And I love the property. And I would love to see it done. And there's like, it's so much gore. And I didn't even knock him for the point where Schubert was like, it's just the boys, because it's not. It's not at all. Not even the only thing they share is gore. I don't want to go back to the third judge with this one. I don't. Because, like, he's going to pick Schubert. I know he will, because he doesn't know what Invincible is. <laughs> he's looking at me right now, telling me he's going to pick fucking Schubert. Gosh, this is slight victim of Marjorie. Like, like Ian said, the slightest, Schubert. The slightest. You skin by on the on the skin of your teeth. Jake, <laughs> um, I feel bad for this one. I feel like this is like the reference to the Saints when, when the guy gets pushed in the back and they don't call it. That's what this is. 
<laughs> well, and I feel I bad because the Jake has come out with some very good pitches, but I just am unaware of the titles that he's been pitching. And that's what I'm saying. So I can't I feel knock like I'm him doing for that. You a happens. Jake. It happens. I can't. I can't knock him for that. If Schubert, if we knocked Luis for saying he wanted to make a Hot Boys movie when Schubert didn't know who the Hot Boys was, <laughs> yo, <laughs> which is still moments. crazy to me, by the way. Funniest hey, moments. Hip hop. Hip hop. Evolution helped me. That's fair. I'm right. not going to lie to you and say I knew a lot of that stuff before I watched it either. So I guess everybody learns at some point. All right, Schubert, you're in control of the board. You got choice, sports, film, TV. Pick your number. Uh, let's do sports and um, we'll go with well, what's the numbers between? One through 10. One through 10. Uh, let's do 10. All right, one. 10. Okay. It's a new one, too. Cool, cool, cool. All right. I'm good. Damn, Schubert. I feel bad for you because you, you played into to this man's wheelhouse. All right. This is the question. The Pelicans may be needing a new basketball coach. Pitch oh, the coach you would want to <laughs> see be re- replace Alvin Gentry. <laughs> you picked the number. I don't know why the fuck. <sighs> but, all right. You want to go first or second? Um... It's hard because I I know I follow Jake, so I know what I think he's gonna go with. But you're, I feel you're like screwed either way. <laughs> but either but either way, I don't know like how I'm gonna argue that point. So I'll I'll just let him go ahead and do it, go and I'll first. and I'll and I'll think about it. All right, Jake, you got two minutes on the clock. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one. Pitch it. So uh, I might not be picking the guy you're thinking. I'm actually going to go with Darvin Ham, who's over with the Milwaukee Bucks and is their top assistant. So he's coming from that Mike Budenholzer tree, who right now has a better coaching tree in the NBA than Greg Popovich does, which I think really says a lot. Um, the Minnesota, uh, not the Minnesota coach, the Memphis head coach is from his tree as well. This is a guy who's going to be a head coach in the NBA sooner rather than later. You've seen the development that they've done of a lot of role players and young guys there in Milwaukee. That's what you're looking for. If you're looking for development, the initial thing is go to Kenny Atkinson, right? That's what he's known for. There's a very clear ceiling on what Kenny Atkinson can do. And I don't want a coach that will work in the interim for three four years and then you have to get another one. So now you're putting Zion on his third coach in the league. You need to like go out and get your guy right now. Darvin Ham's the guy. He's an experience as a player, experience as a coach. He's got experience playing uh, coaching outside of the U.S. too. And I think that's a big thing. He's worked in the D League, the G League as well. All of that is just like the perfect fit for what you want, especially with an up-tempo, fast offensive style, which the Pelicans still want to play even when they move on from Gentry. All right, all right. Schubert, two minutes on the clock for you. You can begin your pitch in three, two, one, pitch it. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, there's three names that have been going around for me and I'm just going to go ahead and go with the most prominent name of Jason Kidd. So Jason Kidd hasn't had the greatest start to his head coaching career, but he was stuck in some pretty bad teams. I think, you know, giving what we, what we want out of Zion right now is to have someone that he can build with. And also someone that he can admire and same with Lonzo and and Brandon Ingram, who wouldn't want to play under one of the greatest NBA players to play the game. So, you know, and he's been a part of the championship pedigree. He knows what it takes to win. Um, And I, you know, I think he's just been looking for the, the right fit for him to, to build. Um, And I think that, you know, building with this youth core is, uh, is something that, 
would really work with him. Um, so I, I would have to lean towards Jason Kidd mainly for, for the, uh, the fact that I think that people are going to want to play for him and he's kind of going to bring in like a new energy that Gentry's kind of let, you know, deflated a little bit. All right. All right. Ian, I don't want to ask questions for this one. I kind of want to let's see this one, how this plays oh, out, because if I ask a question, I don't know if Schubert can answer my question and I don't want to, and I don't want to do that. I don't know if he can. Fair. And I, and I'll just wait and see how they play this out. Fair enough. Um, so if does you that mean any, you don't want me to answer? No, no, you can, you can either? ask if I'm just saying I'm not. Cause like, I only okay. have one question that sticks out in my mind and I don't know if he can answer it. So I don't want to, I don't want to do that to the game. Fair enough. Um, so my question for you, Jake is, so obviously, um, the assistant that you named has the, you know, the, the training regimen and things like that, but are we sure that he's ready? Well, I guess what makes you sure that he's ready to make that jump to head coach? That's a solid question. Um, you know, anything that you want to point to really. And then, uh, Adam, what is to stop the same thing that happened at Jason Kidd's other stops from happening again with the Pelicans? That's another solid question. Good job, Ian, man. You're on your, you're on your P's and Q's of this game. I see you, boy. If, All right. You know, if I, if I can't hold it down with the references, I at least got to hold it down with the questions. I feel, hey, I'm, 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 I'm digging this. All right. Jake, you got one minute on the clock. You can begin your final pitch in three, two, one. Pitch it. So the, the reason he's so close is he's being interviewed and has been interviewed by a number of other teams. And I think this is the year that he's finally going to get a job, particularly when you see the Bucks having the best record in the NBA. Giannis is about to win his second MVP and also win defensive player of the year, I think. The fact that he's been a big part of all of that, sometimes you just got to wait for the right opportunity. The Pelicans represent that for him. In terms of Jason Kidd, that is, there's one guy that I would want less than Jason Kidd, and that's Mark Jackson. Jason Kidd does also have a domestic violence conviction against him, which when you're kind of introducing him into this family environment here in New Orleans that has women in the front office, women on the coaching staff, is that the guy to kind of be at the helm? And he's also backstabbed his way out of the New Jersey Nets to get to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, where he only won 42 games, and that was the best record he had there. Time, 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 time. All right, Schubert, I'm putting one minute on the clock. You can begin your final pitch in three, two, one, pitch it. Um, I don't really have much to say about his pitch because I've never heard of him, and I don't think anyone else has either. It's going to be very difficult for that to sell that to the Pelicans community too, who is really wanting to get rid of Gentry in order to bring in a name. I think Jason Kidd would establish that name um, and – it, you know, going to Milwaukee, even though it was something that he wanted, was a difficult feat for anyone. We haven't been able, even with supposedly one of the best players in the NBA right now, they're still struggling to find a way to get to the finals, if they do this year or not. Um, and, you know, with the Pelicans having the most exciting player to come out of the draft in, in a few years, uh, you know, and seeing what he did with Ante Dacumpo, moving him to point guard, which helped him become the player that he was and, you know, be, uh, he could do similar things with the guys that he has on, on the court. What Gentry has always lacked in is his lineup. And I think that um, what time, Jason time, K could time, bring time, is time, right. time, time, time. All right, Ian. Man, 
Schumer couldn't defend that haymaker. Jake pulled out the no. Madison for the mm. final for the final shot. He couldn't that, defend that. That one's that one's a little unfair to kind of throw in there, right? Hey, there. man, that's I will, the game. I, will, I, respect, that's I respect it. And the question that I wanted to ask Schubert, because even though Schubert said we don't know who this guy is, which is a fair point, Jake described his system to me. I understand. I when when he said it's Buck style play fits the up tempo, and that that just means shooters around Zion. At least if you know basketball, you understand what that system is. I have no idea what the Jason Kidd system is and that was going to be my question and i didn't i didn't want to ask him that because i don't know if he could have answered that one so i don't even think jason kidd knows what the jason kidd system is exactly (laughs) he's still at the whiteboard trying to figure it out look let me say this schubert man if you were playing if this was any other match against anybody else that's played so far you don't want that match for sure with these pitches you will beat both charles and Luis. Man, so sad I, I, to see you go this 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 what, time what, around. What also, well, let me see what Ian says because I'm, right. I'm just saying Jake won, but I feel like me yeah. and Ian are on the same page. I'm going with <laughs> yeah, Jake yeah, as well. Yeah, it okay, was tough to defend the understood. domestic violence, uh, so the domestic tough. violence just below the belt on that one, but I like it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah, I, I no, that was such a dirty game. move. I will be the first to admit that that is a dirty <laughs> move to break out. He closed it with the not mention it. Yo, you exactly. can't. All he, fair in love and war, man. He closed well, it with a rhetorical question, well, which was beautiful. I loved it. It was, it was great. What was the double? What was the double? Is that I was going to go with Kenny Atkinson first, and yes! then he already yeah, I know Kenny that. Atkinson. I know that. I, I preempted that here a little yes! bit. Yes. So I was like, oh well, I can't do Kenny Atkinson now. <laughs> that was beautiful because even when he said it, I was like, damn, maybe I'm I'm thinking of Kenny Atkinson myself. So it was just like everyone's thinking about Kenny Atkinson. I needed to show you what my dude was better than Kenny Atkinson. And you definitely if you did didn't that. pick Kenny Atkinson there. Both of you would have been like, well, why didn't you pick Kenny Atkinson, Jake? And I think he's better. Let me tell you why he's not. Yeah, no, that was that was beautiful. That was a double just very like he said, he was in the gym, man. He came to play this one. Jake, we'll <laughs> give you your 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 remarks real quick, but just because Schubert lost, Schubert, give us your thoughts from moving out of the losers bracket back to the to the studio booth with Ian. Uh, well, I mean, I had a lot of fun doing this one. You know, I was really intimidated coming in against Jake because I knew that he was going to be a really tough competitor. And he came at, at it in the first round. You know, we both we definitely took the time and worked hard on those pitches. And I could tell that. And I really appreciated that as someone who, is, you know, wants to have this game grow. And that's, you know, someone like Jake wants to take uh, wants to take the initiative to really focus in and care about uh, what we're doing here. So I appreciate that. And I had a good time. Super great first round. Schubert's going back to the booth. Jake, man, what do you have to say to the people that you're facing in the winner's bracket, a.k.a. me and Schmidt still have to play? Uh, Charles is there waiting for the winner of me and Schmidt. And you're at a disadvantage because you have to win twice because you're coming out of the loser's bracket. What's your message to those guys? It's, it's better for me. I get more practice. It means I got to win twice, right, in, in the finals here, which is great. That just kind of lets me warm up, get kind of the creative juices flowing on this sort of stuff. I like coming up with this stuff. It's fun. So, like, good. Whoever I face off in the finals should be terrified because I'm going to be like a well-oiled machine <laughs> at it by this point. Let's um, go! And Schubert, you made me sweat on this one. Like, if it doesn't come down to, like, something that's in my bag right there at the end, who knows how this goes? Yeah. So I'm going to need to get even better than I was this time. So thank you for pushing me. That's what I'm saying. Beautiful match from both gentlemen. Uh, Jake, tell the people where they can find you out on social media. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Nola Jake. And then if you want to know more about the Pelicans, the Locked On Pelicans podcast, literally wherever you get your podcast from, they're Monday through Friday for everybody.
Definitely check them out. That's who I listen to to get Pelicans Insider. Jake's the man, one of the best doing it out. So really thankful that he came on and played. Super great match. Jake, you're now waiting in the wings to see who's going to join you in the finals. The next match of Pitch It will between be myself and Schmidt. So Ian and uh, Schubert will be on the call. But Ian, man, thank you, bro. Tell the people they can find you at. They won't hear your voice for the rest of this pod because you got to edit it. But like, tell them where they'll find you at, brother. <laughs> I did appreciate the jab that you threw at Schubert of you're going to go back in the booth with Ian. So I felt that one a little bit. Schubert, I guess we're going to have to go extra hard at Linden on the next one. Uh, we're gonna be oh, I know he will. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's just a game, baby. Um, but you can find me on Twitter. I just made a brand new Twitter account. So don't come at me for my, my following because it's basically non-existent at this point. Uh, but it's at Ian BWT. That's at Ian BWT, as in bros who think. Uh, I'm going to be putting out my thoughts on everything from movies to music to entertainment in general, just like these wonderful gentlemen here. Hockey. Um, Jake, very nice to meet you. Adam, good to see you again. Linda, good to see you again. I can't wait for the next match, man. Hell yeah. Y'all make sure y'all go follow Ian, brother. Now, Lyndon, you, you put me on the spot last time we did one of these. So now you're going to have to go ahead and say some words to right, your future bet. competitor, Schmidt, real quick. Bet, bet, bet. And I'll plug this for sure. Yo, Schmidt, bro, straight up. I'm just keeping it a bean. Don't let me get an anime question because I got you. That's my bag. Don't let me get a comic book question because I got you in that too. That's my bag. Sports, I may give you, if it's basketball, we're even. Football, I feel like I may know a little more football. I'll give you the basketball now because you're the basketball guy. But don't let me get those questions because I'm coming for the dub. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not even skipping a match looking ahead. No, I'm zeroing in on you. My focus has been you from day one. And I'm ready to make it to the next round. And I don't, I don't even care who's facing me. Jake, Charles, doesn't matter because my focus is on you. I'm zeroed in and I'm not missing a beat. I'm coming. Just like I said, don't let me get an anime question and don't let me get a comic book question because those are my bags. So that's what I got, Shuby. I'm ready, man. Well, that, that was great. I'm excited for your So match. disrespectful. Got so. to, brother. I'm a heel. But then I'm going to come out as like a face <laughs> in like two seasons. Don't worry. All, All right. right. I'm my plan. <laughs> but again, thank you to Jake. Thank you to Ian and Lyndon. We'll get back to the uh, Bros Who Binge podcast. All right. We are back to Bros Who Binge. You tried, bro. Any I other tried. person you'd have beat, anybody else in that, in that arena t- on that day, you to be we got a signature move we got the madison where he just comes in at, the, at the end of his arguments and just hypothetical like, questions what, hypothetical questions that no one can answer yo to me that's like the nba's crossover the sky hook the dirk fade away on a leg like come on man that's a move that's a signature move especially i'm probably gonna utilize yeah, it I'm, I'm yeah, if you got that last word um <laughs> part of the pitch you know then you can ask these hypothetical questions that are never going to get answered because they don't have time to answer them. <laughs> and it's, it could be shots. <laughs> like, and it could be real shots, big shots. Man, but like I said, you did your thing. But let's get into these reviews. Which you want to start with? Project Power or well, Lovecraft? What I was going to ask you is, would you want to talk about the actors and actresses? Or oh, yeah, would you want to talk about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got to do that. We got to do that. That We promised right. last week. So basically last week, for those who didn't listen last week, I, get, I came with a list of actors... Uh, who I think are going to run Hollywood for the next 10 years. Ryan Gosling was number one because we're at the, at the peak of his powers. I had John David Washington, Adam Driver, Robert Pattinson, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, also prayers for him because he just had some incident going on in his life. Uh, 
Jake Gyllenhaal, where he was seven. Jake Gyllenhaal was like bottom of the list because he's at the peak of his powers as well. But his his peak is waning down. And then I had Timothy Chalamet. Those were the guys that I think are going to, some character actors, some leading men. Well, Lakeith was the only like supporting actor. Everybody else I had was leading men. Schubert, who you got for us this week that you're bringing to the conversation? Yeah, for me, I felt like I was kind of just uh, picking names of people that I thought would have some potential of landing some big roles moving forward. Um, so th- with the list that I have, I have Shia LaBeouf. We haven't wow. gotten into ta- Tax Collector, but, but he is trying it to... It was number one on VOD this past week. It was, it was number one on VOD. Uh, Honey Boy was a really great movie. Um, so I think that he's he's really trying to to make a turn in his his uh, acting career. One thing I, I guess we didn't mention in the notes was that he was being considered to be an... Uh, to be to get a role with the X-Men re- reboot uh, with Marvel. But there's a big uh, controversy with it because like, they want him to be Iceman and Iceman is um, you know, known as a gay character. So, mm. But that's yeah. a whole different that's conversation a whole other, for a different, yeah, yeah. A different I day. He, I hope he does Moon Knight, though. He could be Moon Knight. I think I think he could, and Moon Knight's more that he could sink his teeth into. But like I said, that's a conversation. I doubt that he would get that role. That's the one he should get, but but who else you got? Shia LaBeouf, solid name on that list. Solid star. Um, I I got Lucas Hedges, who's been really making his mark. Uh, with, uh, especially since his lookalike is done. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Baby Driver. That dude's done. Oh, Ansel Elgort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. since since Ansel's uh, out of here, <laughs> Lucas Hedges like low key. Th- th- that's like the re- you know the replacement player shit in baseball with like how many yeah. like in that Lucas Hedges replacement player of Ansel Elgort is super high. He just comes in, takes all those Ansel Elgort rules. Yeah, you know, Lucas Hedges takes all the Ansel Elgort roles for, like, serious movies and movies with, like, lots of substance. Like, you know, he's been in, late, like I said, Lady Bird. He was in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. He was, he was in, in mid-90s, mid-90s which, which we really enjoyed his favorite role. movies. Gosh, um, that movie was so good. He was in Honey Boy, which I just mentioned with Shia. He played Shia. Yeah, Lucas Hedges. I'm glad you said him. Solid actor. Like, he's in that Timothy Chalamet class of, like, these are the young boys coming up. Like, super young boys. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, he he may not be in a Marvel movie anytime soon, but... But he shouldn't. He he shouldn't. He should should look... He should go work with Scorsese. Like... He's he's gonna make somebody cry. Be like, ha-ha, Timothy. I got this rule. And Timothy be like, fuck you, bro. Um, Well, the the next name I got is uh, Tom Holland. Which I mean, which you know, we talked about earlier on. Convince yeah. me, because like that's the one name you said so far. And I'm like Tom Holland. He could be the blockbuster guy, though. That's that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like he could be a a blockbuster guy. I feel like um, I I feel like it, it, what he's got depends on what happens the rest of the year. Yeah, true. Um, Cause like I don't have him in the same class as T- Timothy Chalamet and Lucas Hedges. I think that's very fair. Like, I, I don't know if they're all competing for the same roles, but like Lucas you know, and but, Timothy are, but I don't know if Tom and Timothy are like, cause Timothy's still doing blockbusters, but like Tom's getting like uncharted. Timothy would never do uncharted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, uncharted is like that stain in my opinion on his IMDB page right now. It's like, <laughs> what the heck's going to happen with that? And is it even going to be good? But I mean, he rolls out really on the scene as being Spider-Man. 
Yep. That's how everyone kind of got to got to know him. I think this devil, um, the, the, the thing we talked about today is huge for him. Yeah, devil all the time is going to be huge for him. Chaos walking is going to be huge. You know, I think him doing onward was a really good role for him. Solid. So, so like, I just feel like he's going to be the guy whose name's going to be attached to movies that are constantly in the theaters. All right. If Chris that makes Pratt any style. sense. Chris Pratt style, but better, but a better Chris Pratt. Okay. Okay. All right. Who else you got? Um, then I got Yaya Abdul oh, Mateen. That, that's one I should have said last week. Yaya has all the all the tools in the making to be a leading man, if not a, an amazing number two. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's got you know being Black Manta even is is a kind of a huge role for what he could do um, in a blockbuster, and you know what he did in Watchmen is you know serious high high. High bar television. Yep. Um, and he's about to be in know, Candyman, a horror, switching it up. True. Um, you know, doing the get down, us. Get down, uh, get breaking his uh, breaking his chops. He's like, I think he's the he's lead. Be in the, the Matrix Four. I think he's the lead. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, but like, I th- I'm pretty sure he's the lead in the Matrix Four, which is huge. Uh, and then he's in this movie all day, all night. So like, Yaya's look. Yaya is huge. Yaya could be the blockbuster dude, but I could see him doing serious shit because, like you said, Watchmen was highbrow television. So it's like he could go either way. Great choice. Yeah. I think Yaya might be my favorite choice of your of your list. Yeah, Yaya has has a lot of potential moving forward. And um, the next guy I think is someone that you would agree is moving up in Hollywood as well as Henry Golding. Yeah. Oh, solid list. Henry Henry's gonna be something, man. I, I feel like my Henry stock is high. Like I, I know he has think, snake eyes right now, but like I don't want him to be the blockbuster guy. Like he should be in like a Tarantino film. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would really like to see him kind of take over some role in an anime adaptation series. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because like I feel like he'd be the perfect uh you know, Asian actor to give us some really good uh action drama, you know, maybe like one of those animes that is Ghost of the Shell esque where it's he'd be a good Lupin. Know. Oh, Lupin would be actually yeah, Lupin would be pretty interesting. He'd be that's a damn pretty, good Lupin. And that's on the that, spot. Look, I told Shabit he don't want no smoke with me. No smoke when it comes. You saw how fast I pulled that out, baby. I'm ready for my pitching match, dog. I'm working. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 look your smile. Look the smile on his face. Like I had you sold with that Lupin pitch right there. Yeah, because I mean, like that's the thing is he's been considered of being like James Bond. So yeah, I feel he's like love. Hen- Henry Golding is just waiting for his opportunity to get a role like that, and um, Yo, I think Netflix, it's to come. Hit me up, bro. Mon- Rest in peace to the goat monkey punch, bro. Netflix hit me up. I'd I fucking pitch a loop in the third series with Henry Golding. Get Louis Tan in there as Jigen, and then we gotta get. Fuck, I just don't know who could be Goyman, but still, it doesn't it doesn't matter? But that would be lit. Who else you got? Here, I wanted to pull up Henry Golding real quick just to see what he's got coming up the pipe. Um, and yeah, Snake Eyes and then this movie Tiger's Apprentice where he's just a voice. So he doesn't really have much coming soon. Um, but, you know, him being in Crazy Rich Asians, uh, I really enjoyed him, his character in A Simple Favor. Um, and then being in uh, Last Christmas, which was, you know, I don't. I didn't really watch it, but it's underrated. People fucked with it. It was underrated. But, 
yeah, people liked it. And then the gentleman, of course, which is amazing. So yeah, I feel like fire. any anything that he's getting into that's you know maybe not in the GI Joe world is. Uh, but hey, great. man, this, this is them them trying to reboot GI Joe. So hopefully, you know, hopefully it's good. The next name I'm throwing out there is maybe more in like the supporting role, but I feel like he's a guy that is just waiting for that opportunity to break out and be the star. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> you see your your first couple were you were you after once you got Lucas Hedges out, you were throwing haymakers. Aaron Taylor Johnson was up for the Batman. Let's not forget that this dude is grade A. He went from kick ass, which was great. He. I think him doing Quicksilver was a mistake because he died yeah. off and he didn't think he was going to die off, but I think it was a mistake. And it really it was wasn't the, him being able to be him. To be him. Like, yes. And I think it was the best thing for him because when you look at him in Nocturnal Animals with Jake Gyllenhaal and Amy Adams, you see fucking acting. This dude should be in a Scorsese film as like the, as the, uh, what's that dude's name? The one who robs the, uh, who robs the bar, the wolf guy, the, uh, but he's not the wolf. His name is Wolf. It's the British actor who robs the thing with his girlfriend and uh, Samuel Jackson stops him. Whoever, and he was in Reservoir Dogs, the dude who got shot in Reservoir Dogs in the beginning of the scene where he's riding in the car and he's like, Harvey Keitel, help me, help me. But he played, he should be in like one of those roles. Hold on, I'm gonna look up this dude's name. Hold on, bro. But love Aaron Taylor Johnson as a pick. Yeah, so with Aaron Taylor Johnson, what's really going to be telling for him in his career moving forward is his two next, uh, two next things that he's in, Tenet, Tim Roth. You know, I feel the like Tim Roth style. Okay, Tim Roth. Quentin Tarantino, not Wolf. But you know, you know his, his role in Tenet, I yeah. think, is going to be important. So we haven't he's com- seen anything. I think he's the exactly. villain. He has to be the villain. We have not seen shit, and they've been trying to make it seem like Ken- Kenneth Braun is the villain, but I don't think Kenneth Braun is the fucking villain. I think Kenneth Braun no, is just, think, like, involved. I, yeah, I think it could be Aaron Taylor Johnson. Because we have not seen is, anything. Is and, Taren- and, and, then- and Nolan was like, yo, y'all just don't like Pattinson, John David Washington, and Aaron Taylor Johnson all my movie. Like, it's those three guys. So, like, yo. That, That's I, what I'm saying. I forgot about that. That's a good pull. I'm, I'm proud. Um, and he's he's also in the Kingsman, uh, the yeah, movie coming up. So Isn't so we'll see. That too? Well, we'll see. We'll see uh, if that ends look, up look getting AG, released and is any good. So. But I'm more excited for Tenant than that. And speaking of Tenant's getting uh, supposedly released August 27th, supposedly, but we shall see. Um and um and then I have kind of a flurry of names out here, but the last name that I put on the main list, uh. You know, based uh, based on that Kingsman pick, I I put Taron Egerton on there just because I feel like he's getting Taron Egerton over John Boyega and Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, I thought we said Kaluuya last week. Yeah, we we did. He was one of those names that I threw out there at the end. You're right. I, I, I yeah. thought you were gonna say Boyega, or is he on your next like your floater list? Because Boyega could be the blockbuster. He, he's guy. A, he's on the the floater list just because like. <laughs> I just don't know who's who wants to go to him next. I don't really know what like his next thing is, and it seems like he was what trying to play a villain in the next movie that he's trying to do. He should remember it was like that movie a, that we saw where we were like, movie. "Why is he the villain?" Yeah, yeah, true. I'll, I'll be happy for that. He should he should get with like a big name director, a la a Nolan, a Vill a Villeneuve. I'd like to actually see him with Villeneuve and like do something where he's like a cop or something or like a some, something something serious like a Prisoners or something like that. But no, man, I, I like Taron Edgerton. Taron Edgerton is going to be interested to see where his career goes because Rocket Man was such a, 
a good film and then he had Kingsman. So like, is he going to go serious again? But like, or is he going to go super dramatic? That's what it's going to, I, feel I don't like know if he's going to do a blockbuster again. After doing I feel like his, his stuff goes back and forth. You know, he's been in movies like Eddie the Eagle, which are a little bit more indie that were supposed to, that were, you know, were really good. Um, and, but then he's in like cartoons like Sing, which some people like, and that's getting a sequel. Yeah. Um, Kingsman was good and uh, Rocket Man was good, uh, but Robin Hood wasn't. So, yeah. you know, uh, coming, up for, coming up for him, he's got Little Shop of Horrors. See? Um, interesting that's an interesting role that could be big because that has a big fan base yeah i mean that's i think that's like a risk like cats but it's a better story so yeah um but some of the names that i had just written down um dev patel just because like if look at the green knight the scene. i mean the, if the green knight is really good like yeah, that could true, be a, a big knight. thing for him yeah, you're right and okay. if you know i yeah, like dev I just, patel every you know me and every fan is in casting i'm always trying to throw him in there as nightwing that's right that's, yeah I mean, all the time <laughs> that's what i'm saying um we mentioned him earlier when you were talking about peaky blinders but i think that uh killian murphy is someone that if he gets the right roles in the supporting that he can really carry the film is killian because i said but ryan gosling but he's getting I a little like, old yeah i was gonna say i feel like killian murphy's like a class before gosling and, and gyllenhaal Maybe he's in the Gyllenhaal class, but like, I don't know about Gosling, but yeah, I, I like the role. I like Killian Murphy. He's a great actor. I'm not hating on that. I just feel like he's old. All right. Um, the other name I have on here is uh, Jason Clark. Jason if you know who that Clark. is, me, look him up. Let me do my Googles. Is, is, are you swinging for a comedy actor? No, I'm swinging just for for people who I've seen in movies. Oh, this that, old like, guy? Is this guy yeah. old? Yeah, this guy's pretty old. He's the serial killer guy in Devil in the in Time. I know. I was really just looking for supporting guys. Like I think okay, that okay, you okay. know, dudes throwing throwing out some supporting role names. Uh, gosh, I don't want to butcher this dude's name so badly, but Shit, like uh, Scarsguard could be up there. Bill. Yeah, Scars Scarsguard could be up there, and uh, and then the guy who played in uh, in Selma. Oh, I know uh, David uh, Oye. Oye. Yeah, I can't pronounce his name either, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, see, okay, I like Skarsgård. I'm trying to Jonathan Groff from Mindhunter. He could be thrown up in there as like a a TV guy. Um, what about uh, Garrett Hunt Hedlund? I, I had so um, much expectation for Garrett Hedlund. Um, you may know him from Tron. Uh, I put Domhnall Gleeson in there just because he's been in so I many like things Dom across Hall, man. across the way. Like I mean, he's been in like rom coms like About Time, and he's been in Star Wars. He was in the Harry Potter franchise. And I like you Dom know, Dom Hall's look alike Dan Stevens. Yeah, Dan Stevens is good too. Uh, I put Asa Butterfield in there just for Emmys because like I feel like he's really hit a stride with TV. All right, all um, right. And then uh, I I really like casting villain characters we're not casting but like putting throwing villain characters in this because i feel like they do the best acting performances and uh i would also agree that this character did a really good job in a movie you and i both like rush uh daniel uh brew daniel brew he yeah he's gonna uh, captain america's gonna be big for him because he's about to retake his villain role in that. So, all right, I like your list, you. Yeah, and, and he's and he's about to come out in that Kingsman movie, too. So, if that Kingsman movie is, is good, and, and like, Captain we're about America. to see a lot of people break out. It's nice. All right, cool, cool. Well, then we'll talk actresses next week, because I got to come correct with my list, because this has been a fun little exercise. But where are we going? Power, uh, Project Power? 
or Lovecraft? Uh, let's start with um, Project Power. How did you feel about this? Uh, as someone who lives in New Orleans, I thought it was uh, pretty cool. Okay, yeah. Someone who's from Louisiana, I liked it. I liked it more than Old Guard, but the beginning yeah. was kind of slow. They had a it lot of slow, slow points. And there were a lot of points where I was like, what is this movie? <laughs> like, is this, is this like but the a, thing rap, is, a rap movie? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You took the words out of my mouth for one of my cons. Every time they brought rap on the screen, I was like, yo, rap does not work in movies unless it's like someone like 8 Mile, 50 Cent doing Get Rich or Die Trying or like the Notorious shits. But like anytime well, like, it's like a, a created character rapping, it never works. It never works. And like this, it, this set felt so cheesy every time. Like, and I was about to say, luckily this film had Jamie, the amazing Jamie Foxx and, uh, and J- uh, Jordan G- G- Gordon-Levitt or Joseph Gordon-Levitt, because they carried this fucking film. Without those two dudes, I don't know if I watched this. Carried it the whole way. The um, whole yeah. way. That's why yeah. this is a, is, a, is a pretty good movie. It's a good popcorn flick. flick because it, is a good, it is a pretty good popcorn flick. And I mean, it is one of, like, I feel like it's very fittingly on Netflix as, like, a film that you can put on. And, like, it could either be your back, the in the background film. It could be a film that you watch with the family. So, to me, it's um, better than Extraction. It's better than Old Guard. Oh, it's better yeah. than Triple Frontier. It's better than Bright. Like, it is the, this, this is their best job at, like, action films. I think the concept and is great. And it's still got asterisks. Yeah, true. I think the concept is great, but I think some of the execution isn't. And you know what gets me, that gets me excited for is it's not the director because I think the execution's on the director, but the concept and story was written by Matt Matson Tomlin, who is the writer of the Batman with Matt Reeves. So, Oh, no way. That should give you some hope because the story idea behind this is, is fantastic. Oh, sure. I mean, I felt like there was a lot more that you could build off of here. And like, I, fe- I almost felt like it was, it sh- it, this was something that should have been a TV show. Yeah, it probably would have worked like, better. If so it you could have built you know, in on Of like, course, you wouldn't have been able to have Jamie Foxx and Jeff, Jeff Gordon Levitt. But I mean, I feel like you could have really expounded on this for like Yaya Abdul Mahin and like Lucas Hedges or like something no, no, like no. Yaya and like uh and like Sebastian Stan. Like let, 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 let's see what's up. Like get some you know, like it could have it could have been cool as a TV series, but like I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. There were a lot and, of things and that like thought, seen like, explored, the, though. the special effects and CGI was all good too. Like you know Machine Gun Kelly I, looked crazy. Machine Gun Kelly looked crazy. Like, I, that didn't take me out of it. Like, there was a lot of things that, like, you know, I was worried that would, like, take me out of it or it wouldn't look good, and, you know. Even the Hulk form of, didn't take me out. No, not the Hulk form didn't take me out. For a second it did when his head, like, hits up against the thing or whatever, and I'm like, oh, this looks goofy as hell. <laughs> but then, but eventually it came it came together. Um, but, you know, the, like we were saying with the rap stuff, like, you know, this little girl's whole rap story or whatever was just kind of meh. <laughs> because like at one point I'm like sitting here thinking, you know, the scene where he's like talking to her about like how she needs to like contribute to society or whatever. And she's like, rap's going to be my contribution to society or whatever. And I'm like, is this movie going to end with like her trying to do like some rap battle or like, is this, like, is this movie going to end with like her like It should have just been Joseph Gordon-Levitt like, and Jamie Foxx buddy cop movie. That's what that should It should have been. It should have been a duo movie, not a trio movie. Because, like, sure. Robin served no purpose. Like, she was just a MacGuffin. She was just to, like, open those doors. That was her only purpose was to open, the door, open those like, doors in the ship. Swing a crane. Yeah. 
find like, the find, find the daughter. It. But like that could have been done with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx. But you know, whatevs. I thought the idea of powers on how like if you got an elemental power, it fucked you up. Like if you got ice, if you got fire. But being like in this world, it's like you'd rather be like bulletproof or like a rubber man where your bones could like flex. That dude had a cool power. That was I cool. Think, yeah. I think the bone dude had a cool power. Like, bone one was cool. Like Joseph Gordon-Levitt was kind of kind of dope in this one with his power. Like he might have had the best one. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh, Levitt's uh, power was dope. The scene early guy. on, the scene early on with him where you first get to see him, like where he gets shot at point blank, like that yeah, shit was pretty cool. Yeah. And side and side note with all of that, and I don't know if you recognize this because you only picked me up and dropped me off a few times from work. But they shot an entire scene on my street that that I, I thought so. Work. Okay, yeah. Like with that with that white building or whatever. I thought um, some of the stuff looked familiar. I don't think the tax building looked. You know where they went in, it, the place they went in. That looks kind of fake. That it was it's there. The place they went into and uh, went underground into the thing where they where they were selling the pills to the oh, Spanish oh, lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the checking the cash. The the checking cash is a real place. It is. But like the downstairs and all that, I'm sure is fake. But oh, like yeah. that 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 place from the outside on Canal Street is real. Like that's a real I, spot. I gotta look at that next time because I thought it was like something else. Just like they just t- put something over it. But if you said it's there, then hey, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to peep. I don't know if I, it's a check in the cash. That's like, why I, I thought think it was like something. Saying. I think it was something but like, else. It might be like a, a Willie's or like store a, a or convenience like store. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So we shall see. But it, look, I like the fact that it was in New Orleans. I'd give this film a solid seven. I thought, seven. you know, Jordan, Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt being like, oh, I got to do this for NOLA. Do it for NOLA, like, yeah. You like remember the last time like the suits, who the suits tried to save NOLA? Yeah, that was Katrina. And it was just like, oh, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt dropping bombs. Mm. <laughs> or he was like, what, you can't have Where a white is- man with an old black lady? Let me record this. <laughs> like, it was just all, it was, he, he hit it, man. He killed it. He did a good job. Wearing that Steve Gleason jersey the whole time. Like, the whole you know, time. Any, any New Orleans person, I feel like, is going to like love this movie. Yo, but you know what broke my heart? Even though it was so dope, it broke my heart because it was just like, damn, I don't know if this, if this dude deserves the praise right now, but the Zion love with the girl having it as Oh, her dude, background. yeah, dude, that shit was hilarious, bro. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> dude. And that Hong Kong market, I've been there. It looks exactly like that, dude. Like, legit. Like, I'm sitting here the whole time, like, oh, my God, I've been in this market. Like, <laughs> I these know dudes they're are... Hype. They're like, yeah, we were in Project Power. <laughs> like, you should go there tomorrow. see, <laughs> Or, like, go there soon and be like, see what see what they're talking about. Like, yeah, we were dude, in a movie. Wild. Wild. <laughs> but solid. Like, like I said, I give this a... Basic story is just, like... Jamie Foxx's daughter is used for testing, which we could have, which we needed more story on, but that's like a yeah. problem. Like, how did and you don't really get like powers? full explanation? Yeah, you don't really get the full explanation on all that. So this company takes her. They after they experimented on Jamie and his soldiers, they end up experimenting on her, and they're putting this drug out in the street, testing it in different cities. But now it's New Orleans time, and basically this girl pushes this drug, which gives superpowers. Jamie has to go track it down, track her down to get to the main person who has her daughter. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's trying to keep this drug crap out of his city, and they end up coming on pathways and going to the. Ball. He's trying it's to keep like it out of his his city, but he's using them. Yeah, he's using them because he's like, you can't like, beat them with normal means. You have to stoop to their level. This is not an much. even playing field right now. 
So it's like, all right, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, whatever you say. Also, funny note, the guy from Lovecraft, the un- the uncle is the cop, is Joseph, Gordon's, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh, cop uh, lieutenant in charge of him with the hat. I'm, sure th- I'm pretty sure that that was uh, the dude from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nuh-uh, bro. That was, uh, he was in Lovecraft. He was the uncle in Lovecraft. Gosh, I'm about to look it up. Just to just to prove that you know my knowledge of of this Courtney B. Vance, oh, yeah. yep, Project Power, yep. There you go, solid. Good for Courtney I B. Vance, yep. So you know, young young Dewitts coming coming through, recognizing these peeps. So you know, was he in? Yeah, yeah. Wait, he was in Project Power, huh? Is that not him? Yeah, yeah. Courtney B. Vance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was right. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's get to Lovecraft. All right, Lovecraft was dope. Yeah, it was fire. It was All right, we, um, real quick, I don't think I gave a score, but I would say seven, seven, three. I'm not mad at it. Solid. Seven, four. Yeah, solid, solid, super solid. But Lovecraft, uh, but yeah, Lovecraft to was dope. Season. Like, oh my I'm gosh, dude. It. Like, this show was so dope. Yeah, they didn't hold any punches, man. Like, the very well shot. The sundown town shit, that shit was like, ooh, I feel so bad. Like, it was just like, shows you how crazy America was for, for a certain group of the population. Truly, like, can you imagine just like, gosh, and the fact that like they were sitting down, there was, there were three scenes that just had my blood rushing and like the adrenaline was like, oh my gosh, I feel for these people. Number one, when they're in that restaurant and like she goes to the bathroom and she hears that the clan burned the restaurant down and they painted it white to go over the burn marks. And then they realize that journey smell that bells like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. And they jump in the car and that car is chasing them the whole time. I'm like, damn, please don't get caught. Please don't get caught. Cause like, geez, that would have been so bad. That would have been so bad. Uh, another one, when that cop pulls them over and the cops like running oh. their ass and they have to get out of sundown by seven minutes. And when they cross the track, they're like, yes. And then all of a sudden they run up into the sheriff's and it's like, no, damn. And then the cooter resistance when the monsters come out of nowhere when they're in the forest and they bite that dude's arm off and they're in the building. Like so many monsters. I have so many questions. What are these monsters? Who's that person that drove that silver car that made that other truck flip and ended up being at his house and he's part of this white family? Like, what's up with this culty Illuminati shit? What's going on here? And then, like, what's up with Journey Smiley Bell and her family? Like, what would the mom do? Like, why everybody got beef with her mama? <laughs> and why we got beef with, with Tick's daddy? So, like, you know, things I'm Yeah, there's in. a lot of interesting questions. One interesting question I had was, what was that call from Korea? Oh, you know what yeah, I'm talking that's, about? That's his. I think that's his ex-lover. I think that's a love well, that he had. I'm get. Yeah, I'm guessing so. But it's like you shouldn't have left Korea. I'm like, oh, what, what, should, what, what was in was Korea? The, I bet that was the red princess that he was dreaming of in the early dream. And talk about a crazy dream sequence. That's what happens when you get Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams working on some. You have the Cthulhu with these monsters in like space. Like that was a great battle scene with like you have the American soldiers, Jackie Spartan, Robinson, Spartans in the background, Jackie Robinson. Like, nah, that was crazy. So like, also. HBO, y'all have John Stewart working for y'all right now. I know y'all, I know we talked about Jovan, but like Jonathan Majors is kicking butt. Like he, he should be on the list. Like this is, yeah, this is and huge he's ripped. And, and then Journey Smollett Bell, she's on the actress list because like that's Letitia fucking, fucking right, man. Like she killed it. Like she, Letitia Lewis. Oh yeah, Letitia's fucking Lewis. That's what it is. And so like, you know, that shit was lit. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, this this show really kind of like had a very similar lead up like Watchmen, you know, it's it goes into the to ra- more serious than Watchmen. to racial tensions. Yeah, way more serious than Watchmen, but like where I'm leading with this is is we had this episode which was uh very grounded in realism, not so much uh out there yet with except the for like the vampire horror. monsters. Um, which was, you know, crazy stuff. And yeah. one, you know, really great, um, really great, great scene. Also, but if like you the stay- subliminary messages with cops and like monsters and sure. all that. We don't have to get into that, but like that's that shit's there. All that shit's there. Yeah. Uh, but if you stuck around to the end of the episode where they show you like what's, oh, what's coming, coming this season, it's like Watchmen in that sense. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like Watchmen in that sense, but like, the entire show that I thought I was watching in this episode is not 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 the I show. Thought. Yeah, like I mean, it is it is like I just she's going to be this... in some part of secret society. And like, what's Journey Smollett Bell's family doing in all this shit? Like, why are they being sketchy? Like, they had so many sketchy scenes with them. There are so many like scenes of like her sister coming up. Yeah. I'm like, where's her sister getting involved in all this? Like, why are they there? Like, how are they involved? So it's like, who knows, man? I gotta. I'm mean, look for a pilot. They got me intrigued in what's coming. Sure, yeah. This is going to be 10 episodes this season, so I, I want to see the next nine, that's for sure. Yeah, I want to see where they go with this. So Super week to week, solid. we'll have Lovecraft. We will definitely be reviewing Lovecraft. But yeah, another show that just fits like the template of what's going on in society. I think we're seeing a... I, art is represent like art is reflective of the time that we're in. And like, if you think of the sure. last recession, we saw movies like Michael Clayton. We saw a lot of movies where we didn't trust the government. It was a lot of agents, lawyers and stuff would not. And now we're seeing a lot of content that's reflective of the, 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 of the fight for rights. And we're seeing a lot, a lot of stories be told in that, in that vein. So it's interesting. And that's why I think the young Republican thing works in this time period because it's showing another side of things. And it's showing, you know, it's, it's one of those things that young Republican thing, I hated on it on Twitter this week or whatever. I was making fun, making fun of it a little bit. Once we read into it, I mean, it actually is kind of, it makes sense, man. And it, it makes sense why they're putting it out now. Yeah. It reflects the, the art that we're, that comes on these movies are reflecting the time period. And I think, if you have a Lovecraft and Watchmen, you have to have a, a, a young Republicans and it just bolsters. You have the hunt. You have these things that reflect the time period and it just works out so well. So shout out to the creators of, of Lovecraft. I'm, I'm watching week to week. I'm in there. Shout out to Jonathan shout Majors out. and shout out to Journey Smollett-Bell. Like Journey Smollett-Bell might have kicked his ass in this episode. And he did a good job. Um, another shout out that I'll give is to uh, Jan Demange. He was the director for this week's episode, and he was also the director of White Boy Rick. So good on you. Nice. Good for you, Jan Demange. I, I love seeing, like, who does some of these TV series directing roles just because, like, you know, those are the people that we could be seeing do The Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, like, you know, other series oh, these that Marvel we have down shows. the hype. Yeah. These Marvel these movies. Marvel shows. These so, I mean, movies, like, yeah. you know, I feel like it's uh, important to, to kind of – Keep an eye out for who who's doing it and who's and not. the showrunner because like the, this is the showrunner's creation like she did everything and uh, as we've seen in pitch it that showrunners count yep and wait let me because Ava tweeted at her like she she was the one who's like vision this this was all her story of I'm like, talking about Misha Green yeah Misha Green yeah yeah shout out Misha Green shout this out Misha Green man her baby like good for good for you man like we gave Damon Lindelof so much props for Watchmen and so shout out to Misha Green so. Super dope, man. Like, good on HBO carrying us through to, to the boys. Like, what? We got 10 weeks of this? 
Let's see. Uh, Misha Green is also remaking Cleopatra Jones. That'll be lit. Good for Misha Green. I hope it's a TV show. I think it's a movie. All right, I'm cool with it. But should be man, that's all we got really this week, brother. Solid week, solid pitch it match. Pitch it'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'm gonna be taking on Schmidt. I'm coming for him. I'm focused. I'm ready to get that dub sack. Schmidt, like I said in my promo, anime. I'm the guy. You just saw with that loop in the third thing. That was beautiful comics i'm that guy you may have me in sports i'll give you that and then don't let me have to put together a movie with a big name director like i got my scorsese's ready my quentin tarantino's ready i'm hot my denis villeneuve ready I, i got my bag like i'm ready to go so just be prepared for when i come get that dub set. But that's all I got to say, Schubert. You guys can follow me at LimbyWT. Follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube. If you enjoyed this, we will be back. This is a show that's on YouTube now. Uh, be sure to check out Anime Talk. That'll be out on Tuesday. Shit's going to be litty. Then we, I have a video. Um, I haven't decided which video I'm going to make this week. It'll probably be an animated related content, but Run It Back, when, we, when Run It Back comes back, you will not only get an anime Run It Back, but you will get the first live action run it back where me schubert and ian will review a quentin tarantino movie that'll be like two weeks so be on the lookout for that but other than that be sure to check out bros you think podcast on thursday but again you can find out all the information that i'm talking about on twitter at bros who think or go to our website www.brosuthink.com but that's all the stuff i got this week shuby yeah, that's a lot of exciting stuff to check out. You know, uh, I'm really excited to do that with you and Ian. And this was the first time we were able to get Ian on the podcast. Yeah, shout so out shout Ian. out to him. So shout out to him. He did a good job helping you host. And you guys could also check out his his uh, new album, Old Daddy, on YouTube. Yeah, he dropped his new album. Isn't it on Spotify? So, yes, yeah, also on Spotify. Y'all go check it out, Old Daddy. So, Old Daddy. And uh, so, yeah. That kind of wraps things up here. So, uh, you know, again, great pitch and match. Some good content that we got to watch and review this week. We'll get back to Avatar next week. With the end of what, season or book two? Yeah, with the and end the of book two. Of Bossing Say. And we'll also be talking about Tax Collector. Yeah. We mentioned Shia LaBeouf's name today. And we're finally going to get around to watching that this week. So I hope everyone out there has a great week and gets into some more movies and some basketball too, not to mention the NBA playoffs, you know, watch it. Um, And I am excited that we finally got to bring this to the YouTubes and I hope everyone is enjoying the video content that we have now. So for Lyndon Burton, my name's Adam Schubert and also for Ian Hawley and uh, Jake Madison, again, thank you for being a part of uh, this week's podcast. We will be back next week, and I hope everyone stays safe, and as always, keep binging.